It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Listening to the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Yeah, I like it better when the song kept going. If only we could figure out how to make it do that and fade into the show, you would know that you're here with us at the Scoreboard Addicts Podcast. I'm Nick, and with me as always is Anthony the Rook and TJ, who is eh, mildly hammered at this point, looking very handsome and svelte today. like your shirt as well, Thomas. He's looking uh, he's looking very tan. Yep. Day drinking in the sun, golfing, baby. <laughs> and with that, I think we just found our first topic to talk about because I'm excited about it. Woo! Ladies Actually, and gentlemen, boys and girls, wait. this guy. What? <laughs> you point your finger at me. I don't know where it's been. Put the microphone down, all right? I can't. No, because it goes too far, and then you can't hear me. So You know what? We're getting one of those Bob Barker we're gonna, mics. We're going to start this. Down. We're going to start this episode not happy, not joyful, but mourning. Uh, we are mourning the loss of two legends. Uh <laughs> Bill Russell. I don't know why I'm laughing because I know TJ hates what I said the episode said. Hold on. To be fair, like, even if he doesn't like basketball or, like, us celebrating the death of anybody, like, you can't laugh. What's wrong with you? I'm laughing because I know TJ's going to look like, why do you have to start the show with death? He hates what I do. No, he doesn't like to end it either with death. No, He's got to pick one. So morbid. This is why I don't watch the news. It's like, hey, everybody, all right, today's going to be sunny and... 14 children were killed today. It's like, come on. God. Why are you laughing about 14 children because dying? He's sick. He's doing it on purpose. He's making it funny. I'm not doing it at all. He's doing it all across the country. The way he's doing the voice, the voice is making me laugh. It's my voice. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. He switched the mic to make himself a news anchor. No. That just sounds ridiculous. It's like insane. He has that. I, dude, I haven't touched anything. Literally haven't right. touched anything. All right. There was a 37 car pileup today on I-4. <laughs> He's fucking laughing. <laughs> he Unnecessary. 37 car pileup. That'd be an awesome name for a band. Yeah, it would be. Or a podcast. Are, are you <laughs> done ruining the fucking mood? 
No, I just want to say rest in peace, Vince Scully, and rest in peace, Bill Russell. By the way, 37 in a row? In a row. I'm, I'm just saying. I concur. Yeah, rest in peace, Bill, oh, Bill Russell, and uh, rest absolutely. in peace, Two absolute legends, and we don't want to downplay that at all or make a joke out of it. But in all honesty, I am a big believer in celebrating people's lives and not mourning their deaths. So, like, I feel like if we're going to announce stuff like that, we got to play something like in honor of them, in memoriam, not just be like, oh, by the way, these two people died. And now for the fun stuff of the podcast, it's such a, like, a... <laughs> he makes a fair point there, sir. Well, maybe if you give me, like, two minutes and I'll pull up something. If only our producer had been properly prepared for that. Only if our producer was, you know... Hold the mic to your mouth. We can't hear you. Not working a full-time job. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Turn the gain up a little bit, bro, and you should be able to keep it further away. <laughs> you got to get one of those swinging bars that you can bring down. Like, <laughs> Nick's ready. Nick has it. The video. The thing that's different about- what? The Do you have something to play for Vince Kelly? Oh hell no, no. Why would why would I have something? For- I mean, I can. Yeah, it's too easy. In a world where our producer is ready. What I was thinking about for Vin Scully is not, in fact, Vin Scully at all. It's it's Kurt Gowdy, uh, who's also really good, but not Vin Scully, obviously. So I don't have anything for Vin Scully. I'm not a Dodgers fan. I I know very little about the Dodgers. I know Vin Scully was their announcer from, uh, like, 1952 until, like, a year ago. He he called the games. He called the games in both Brooklyn and LA for the Dodgers. Yeah, that's why I said he was their announcer from the fifties. Well, I'm just reiterating. People don't know. People won't. People won't get that. Yeah, I'm sorry if you don't know that the Dodgers left Brooklyn in the fifties. Like, (laughs) baseball's not for you, man. I have a memorable call from Vince Scully. There we go. I'm gonna try to share this. Hopefully, see. Hopefully, it works. (laughs) Last time it did not. All right, this is a great radio. We're really, we're really getting in there tonight, boys. Well, I was ready to rock. I was ready to roll, and then Debbie fucking Downer came over here and fucked it up. Right now, is that the plane? Is it working? Oh, there it is. High fly ball into right field. She is gone. <laughs> You know what the clip they showed right before that happened? Or what little, like, uh, graphic they showed over Dennis Eckersley's face right before that happened? Or does nobody know? Do, do, you know uh, do, you, do you know what they showed on Dennis Eckersley's face? Like, the little graphic they showed underneath his face right before that happened? Mm-mm. Dennis Eckersley hasn't surrendered a home run since August 24th. Oh, that it's oh wow! So that was the, the old Kurt kiss Gibson of death, the old Michael K, the old the old Michael K back in nineteen eighty three or something like that. And you know what's great about that too, though? He like really let the moment breathe too. Like he didn't get all over it. Like he just said she's gone, and then that was, it was quiet. Yeah, you just let the the background, the crowd yeah. noise emanate. I mean, gotta, as as our wrestling friends would say, you got to hear that pop from the fans. They let the fans <laughs> take over the moment. Is that not one of the best home run trots though, with just the fist pump? To see, I, and, and here's my thing: is like it's subtle, but like you know how intense. He would have sat there and pimped it and told the pitcher to suck his dick. 
back then, just pumping it. He was just happy. He was just happy. But that's what I mean. It's more of a celebration for your uh, or a personal achievement and achievement for the team versus like a gotcha, bitch. Yeah, in today's in today's world, uh, kids are raised to be little assholes. Uh, they, they don't celebrate in happiness. They celebrate in in they taunt. Is what that's what they're taught to do to tell each other to suck their dick and like I, I own you. You're my bitch. That's that's the mindset today. Not like hooray, I'm happy, but like fuck you. I'm better than you are. That's that's what nothing, kids are raised. Like that today. nothing made me happier than the other day. You know, as far as baseball terms go. When you showed me that video, what's his name laying down the bunt after he got breezed high and inside off the right near the chin? Oh, laid it down the the first baseline just so he can absolutely obliterate the pitcher. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Dude, that's that's great. That's number one. That's hey, I can put this ball anywhere I want with the bunt. I'm gonna put it literally right down the line, so you have to come at me, and then I'm gonna run as hard as I've ever ran for a bunt, little dribbler down the first baseline that I know I'm out for, and just lower my shoulder and obliterate you and make you, dude. Because you know what? I, I, I always say right. I'm not a big fan of when a pitcher throws at somebody because you hit a home run off them or if you got hot off them the last series or, well, this guy got me last time out, so I'm going to hit him because I'm pissed off about it. But in, in terms of like when CC Sabathia drilled what's-his-name you know, and lost that money, um, got thrown out of the game, missed it by an inning of getting, what, a million-dollar bonus or $500,000 bonus because yeah, it's like, no, no, you're, you're going to go after my team. I'm going to hurt people on your team. That's how it goes. That's – that was baseball. You didn't throw at somebody what? because they hit a home run off you. Like the, the payoff pitch never really happened as much as it does today with people getting pissed off off a oh well he was two for three uh off of me last series, so now I gotta hit him. Like get over it. Or well, or even so one but, of those situations where you hit a meaningless home run in the fucking eighth inning, you're down by twelve runs and they're pimping home runs. Yeah, that's it. Pimping home runs is one thing, but when, what about when what's his name got got uh had to apologize when when he hit a three oh grand slam? And they were like, yo, we're up by like nine runs. You can't do that. It's like, why can't you do that? <laughs> I actually, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit the grand slam. I was just trying to put the ball in play and went out of the stadium. I don't have to tell that, you. That's the biggest boat. Yeah, but it's 3 0. You should have, you, you're supposed to take one. Why would I give away a strike? At the end of the season, when you're four RBI short of 100 and they short you on your fucking contract, you're going to wish yeah. you hit that grand slam. <clears throat> Absolutely. But uh, this is well, the clip you're talking about. It's a 1974 fight between the Rangers and the Indians. What's going <laughs> So what's, what happens in that fight is Bob, I believe his name is Bob Johnson. Bob Johnson throws one up oh, in Jesse Randall. And Jesse Randall's like, okay, I got you. So he lays one down in the direction that he knows <laughs> Bob Johnson's going to have to field the ball. And as Bob Johnson goes to tackle, or excuse me, tag Je- uh, uh, Jesse Randall, he just throws a forearm shiver at the side of Bob Johnson's head and tackles him. That was like a hit by Ray Perfecto. Lewis. He had it coming. Absolutely. Don't throw one up in. I like, love it. Hey, listen, the best to fight TJ knows that I'm a firm believer, and if I have a problem with you on the baseball field, I'm not going to hit you with a pitch in, on purpose. We're just going to fight. That's it. Like, I, if I if my problem with you is that big, that I want to cause you pain, 
we're gonna fight like this whole like uh i'm gonna throw a baseball at you i'm gonna throw a bat in your direction or we're gonna have words no i'm just gonna walk up to you and i'm gonna punch you in the face like why are we gonna sit here and split hairs over like oh he hit me with a baseball no yeah. fuck that noise that we are fighting and when that brawl started they were throwing haymakers at each other that's like a legit absolutely Dude, uh, like legit nick your talent was wasted on baseball you should have been a hockey player would have liked to see you out there like oh you okay drop him let's go right, listen you know me i'm not i'm not violent but if i get to that level where it's like i want to cause you pain then we're fighting i'm not going to sit here right. and waste time and and if you're a pitcher and you throw at me intentionally i'm going to hit you with my bat i'm not going to play this bullshit where bryce harper threw a helmet at the guy i'm not going to pull this bullshit where the catcher gets an opportunity to stop me from breaking your leg i'll hit him with the bat like we're all going to go to jail today like fuck it you want to use violence on me with a tool I have a tool as well, and mine's going to hurt more. Promise. I will break <laughs> your leg. You'll never pitch again. I love smart baseball really? fights, though. That 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 clip right there and the clip where the batter gets drilled, know he's going to charge the mound, and kicks the fucking catcher right in the face. Kicks the <laughs> Takes him out. You're not tackling me from behind. Oh, kicks the right in the, sweet <laughs> chin music right in the face, and now no one's stopping me from getting to the pitcher. Who, that was someone's brother too. That was like a famous baseball player's brother. No, no, that that wasn't Delman Young. I thought it was. Doesn't Delman, Delman Young, Young threw his bat at an umpire? Yeah, but wasn't there somebody else that? Well, Delman Young is the brother of Dimitri Young. Oh, oh, oh. Maybe and and he really didn't throw the bat at the umpire. The umpire called him out on strikes. He turned around and went to go slam his bat in disgust. And like from the way he said it. It got stuck on his finger, which I can relate because I've had tack on my hand and my bat has gotten stuck to my glove. And when he threw it, it kind of came back and it like flew and went boom and hit the umpire in the chest. Um, But like he did it with his back turned. Like that would be really impressive if you were trying to do that on purpose with your back turned and you threw it backhanded and hit the guy. Like I've thrown a bat in the dugout, almost killed TJ. Like that's not a, you know, I wasn't trying to hurt TJ. It just fucking happens, you know? Yeah, I, know, I think video. I was 0 for 2 at that point. You were like, let me motivate this son of a bitch. <laughs> this is uh is he out? Did you die? I found it. I found it. it's really it's really old video though, so like it's not yeah, it's, good. it's bad quality. Uh um, it's old, but it's still funny. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's what we call sweet shin music. Uh where you you kick the guy in the shin. I like how he's it was Izzy bouncing around too. He's he's watching his corners. No one's getting him from behind. He's got the elbows flared. You know what out. I don't like? He's ready to duck and pop. You know what I don't like? I don't like how that bitch ass pitcher threw his glove. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. that what a, a fucking just a bitch! Like, how do you throw your glove? Like, no, get away! Like, and throw your glove. Like, you serious? How can you go back to the dugout that day and call yourself a man? Where somebody threw hands and you threw gloves. How do you? How do you like? How do you not use the common sense play of you have a glove in your hand, use it to your advantage, wrap it around the guy's head, and cup the back of his head like a ball, and just lead with the right uppercut? Because in his instance, right uppercut. Having seen him throw his glove, if he would have reached behind his head, he would have gave him a big kiss. (laughs) There's a good chance. Throwing your glove at a batter who's charging at you might as well be you throwing a white flag. Yeah, the most French French shoe. So, like, the only thing more French he could have done was kiss the man right on his lips with his tongue. Like, <laughs> that's the only thing more French he could have done in that instance. Smoked a Virginia Slim cigarette. Or something Did you remember that? Uh, like that? 
Remember the old Orioles uh, Yankees fight with Tino Martinez get hit in the back? It's a classic. That was the greatest fight ever. Armando Bernie Williams. Bernie tanks a homer. Punch in the face. (laughs) Bernie tanks a homer. Armando Benitez is a little bitch and he's mad about it. So I guess in his brain, it made sense to hit Tino Martinez because Bernie hit a home run. So obviously you hit the next batter. Like I do stuff like that in MLB, the show where like every time Altuve comes to the plate, I just drill him in the head. But that's, that has nothing to do with In real life, I wouldn't do that. Like (laughs) it's a video game. For some reason, Armando Benitez, who at the time and kids today will roll their eyes at it at the time, he was, one of the hardest pitchers, like the hardest throwers in the league, throwing 99 regularly. Uh, Hit Tino square between the shoulder blades. And Tino didn't even throw a punch. I don't think he did. It was a a no. He kind of looked up and was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then the entire Yankee team was like, we got this, Tino. Yeah. And Graham Lloyd and Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry literally just running around everybody and getting into the dugout and just – Dude, he wasn't throwing the flail punches that it, he's just like he full on fucking jacked. The, dude. Reason, the reason why I mentioned this, they just showed it on the one of the most recent of the captain. They were talking about. It. I don't know if you guys have watched the documentary about Derek Jeter, but no, they showed they showed that fight and they interviewed Daryl Strawberry and like David Cohn about that whole fight. And they were like, he's like Daryl came out of nowhere, like we were trying to keep him away. He ran around everybody who was there. And then they showed the fist like slow mo, and you just see him like dead on, dude. He face to cheek just rocks him. That, that, and the uh, Odor punch to uh, Batista is probably yes. like the two best, yeah. cleanest, like fight real game. fights in the major leagues, like mm-hmm. legit fights, like not scrums. And somebody gets a cut on their face because they're just at the bottom of a pile of yeah. knees and elbows and hands. No, like that was a brawl. That was a street. Al Strawberry was like Crenshaw, bitch, Crenshaw. <laughs> Dude, he he did no, not hold back. Fight. Talking about baseball fights, I did enjoy the fight between the Yankees and uh, the Detroit Tigers. What was it three years ago? That was a yeah. good one with Romine and Matt yep. and, and, and Miggy. Yep. Yeah, that was a good one. Only thing I didn't like was Sanchez getting some cheap shots in. <laughs> well, I mean, at the bottom of the at the bottom of that pile. Yeah. Do we expect no. anything less from Sanchez though? I expect more from him actually. Well. Should have taken out a knife and cut somebody at least. Like, come on. <laughs> Stop biting. I love how we, we went from literally talking about morning Vince Scully to talking about baseball fights. For, yeah, for because that's what men minutes. do. Men don't cry. We just get violent and angry. We <laughs> take our sadness out this. on I talked about this on the wrestling show yesterday. We are naturally violent. It's true. Well, moving on for baseball fights because that was TJ's awesome tan. Let's talk about TJ's awesome tan. You want to tell us where you got that awesome tan? Yeah, uh, I acquired this tan while I was uh, down in the Caribbean on a cruise, but then I backed it up this past weekend standing on the beautiful Trump Bedminster golf course for the live tournament that was taking place out in uh, New Jersey, and it was quite a time, I must say. What do you think, Nick? So first and foremost, I would like to say, regardless of your politics or thoughts on the world, if if you are a fan of golf, let's let's take this for what it is. It was a golfing experience, okay? Now, I am not a huge, like, I'm going to watch golf kind of guy. I like I like going out with my buddies and, and, and playing around on the golf course. I'm no, like, scratch golfer. You know, I, I don't do that crap. I go out there to drink beers and, and, and smoke cigars and ride in little golf carts. It's, it's a fun day. Uh, it's a nice day to walk out on the grass and have the sun on your, on your head and 
you know, just do what you got to do. You know, have a yeah. good day. In your hair. Got to take a leap go behind a tree in nature like God intended. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to hear from anybody. But if anybody calls you up, you just don't answer the phone. Like I was, I was golfing. And everybody immediately, it's like going to church. Like if you're at church and somebody calls you and you're like, yeah, sorry, I was at church. Then nobody sits there and goes, how dare you? So if you're on the golf course and somebody calls you up and they're like, hey, man, I've been trying to call you. And you're like, oh, I was playing golf. They're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Like, um. And even I, somebody who is uh, extremely novice at at golf and doesn't watch golf, I even I appreciated what we were witnessing because, uh, yeah, I've been a lifelong Yankee fan. I have never had the rich seats down down you know the hundreds. Like I'm I'm poor. I've always sat like middle and up and bleachers. Like that's that's where I've sat. I think the closest I ever sat was with UT when we sat we sat in like right field like maybe like three rows back or something like that. Mm-hmm. And even then you're like still 40, 50 feet away from the nearest outfielder, you know, right. but you and I were about 10 feet from Phil Mickelson for two days. Dude, I legit, I mean, I, I got a five from Phil Mickelson. I was up against Phil Mickelson. I mean, so Phil I Mickelson totally razzed me. Yeah. We'll get to that. Um, so we got our tickets uh, from live. They very, very graciously hooked us up free tickets. We applied for uh, some media passes and they said just because um, contrary to what a lot of people want to put out there on the internet, that it was a dead tournament. Nobody was there. They went through their media credentials quick and they got right back to us and said, listen, we gave out too many media credentials. We don't have enough to go around, but we'd love for you guys to come out. Uh, Here's four free tickets for each day, which essentially they give us $900 of free tickets. And they didn't just give me four free tickets. They gave everybody that applied in our, you know, from the scoreboard addicts podcast that was in that, you know, media credential request four free tickets. So Nick got four free tickets. I got four free tickets. My brother got four free tickets on top of the fact that Nick got two free tickets because he's in the military and they respect and appreciate the military. If you're in the military, you get free tickets. If you're a cop fireman, first responder, you got free tickets to go there. So a big shout out to live golf. I appreciate the, uh, you know, getting us out there for free and bringing us on. And it's so I, I was raving about it to my brother who was hungover going from going down the Jersey shore that weekend. I was like, dude, you have to come out Sunday morning. You don't understand how awesome it is. We were up against the ropes. I mean, literally the, the, the in a good way, were, in a great way. All right. Up, as opposed to the, the bad term of yes. up, up against, that's a bad yes. thing. No, we, were, we, we were up against, we were separated by air essentially to, you know, top 50 pro golfers in the world. We're interacting with the golfers, their caddies. I mean, we could have literally pulled a happy Gilmore and took one of the nine irons out of the bag and bent it over our knee because the, they were placing the bags like literally right in front of us. The you access know, we had was incredible. Didn't I tell you, I was like, this is so weird. So, we're on like hole five, I think, or six, five. We're on five, and I'm standing like twenty feet away from Phil Mickelson, and I'm like, "This is." I told, I didn't I turn to you. I turned. I was like, "This yeah, is." Yeah, that surreal. was uh, that was between hole six and seven. You looked at me and you were like, "There's, there's one cop here. He's not getting to me before I can get to Phil Mickelson. This is insane. How could they let this happen?" That's what I, I was like. If I really like, and we were standing next to a bunker, like a really steep bunker. Like, I could have tackled Phil Mickelson into that bunker. We both would have been fucked. <laughs> and no one could have stopped me because there was just like a little rope and, like, no, and, like, barely, like, there was one cop following each group around, and that one cop had to watch three golfers and three caddies. And I, like, I, you know, obviously nothing crazy happened, thank God. But, um, but, but in my head, I was like, holy shit, like, 
you could really hurt somebody, and what are they going to do about it? Nothing. I could go full Bob Barker on Phil Mickelson right now, and like we could both go off the side of this cliff into that bunker, and that's it for Phil Mickelson. Yeah, like I'm young, I'll I'll bounce back, but not yeah. Phil, dude. I mean, the access we had and the interactions with the players from being that close to them was incredible. Jason Kokrak walked right past me. I'm a big fan of William Murray, uh, you know, golf shirts, golf polos, golf uh, pants, shorts, whatever. And he's uh, sponsored by William Murray. He walked past me rocking his William Murray. I'm like, Jason, William Murray gear for life. And he was like, literally like three feet from me. Like, I mean, like usually when you're interacting with pros, you're not really close enough to have an effect on whatever they're doing. Uh, The next hole, Jason Kokrak walked past my father. My father's like, dude, thank you so much for coming out, man. We really enjoy you, you know, having you guys out here. And he literally stopped, turned around, looked at my father and goes, you know what? That's the nicest thing anybody has said to me today. Thank you. And kept walking. Yeah, so I like, out that happened. And then I said, you look great in those pants. And he was, and he put it like a thumbs up. <laughs> and then somebody else goes, your booty's popping. And he put his hand down. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Uh, he, probably the nicest thing someone said to him because, uh, I, there's so much protesters that go to these things that are uh, there was zero protesters by the way. Money. I will say this, but not to get off track. So we passed by uh, on Sunday on the way to uh, the parking lot, which we parked literally like you know. I, I would say if anybody this who Yankee, parked someplace else, what were they thinking? If this was Yankee Stadium, we parked uh, by the on concession stand. We parked by the concession stand, essentially. We parked, we Dude, parked we literally, the stand. This is Yankee Stadium. We walked four car, car rows away. I mean, they had whatever farm this was, they rented it out. However, whatever connections they had, we were literally up against the golf course, just walked right in. It was easy as, you know, ordering a frigging cheeseburger and French fries. It was cake. We walked right in, right up to it. The festivities right there in the fan zone. They had a place where you could ch- try to chip golf balls onto like a little prefab green. They had hitting nets where you can, you know, try different clubs and just hit away as much as you wanted. They had uh, a chipping uh, contest kind of deal where they had three different uh, spots and you had to hit these little, you know, pretty much wiffle ball golf balls. In if you got them in these little baskets, essentially they were raising awareness and uh, meals for underprivileged kids. And every time you sank in, in one of the baskets, they donated on your behalf to, um, you know, hungry children essentially so it's just everybody rooting on feeding children and we walked away from there the first day none of us hitting a basket like wow those kids are starving because we suck at golf that's awful (laughs) yeah we felt like the red sox yeah you guys do the impossible putt so we did the impossible putt oh damn it i wish we had video we i do have video we're gonna put together a little uh thing once i can get all the stuff loaded up to the drive but nick took a video of me doing the impossible putt i came within a couple feet i mean two Mm. three feet whatever it's called the impossible putt for a reason. The last day, as we're walking out, enjoying the rest of the festivities before we leave, not a long line to hit the impossible putt. My father goes up, and they only had a lefty golf club, so we all had to swing with a lefty putter because we asked the dude, like, yo, dude, where's the righty? He's like, somebody stole it. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, somebody whipped the right-handed golf club? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm was pretty sure guy, it was the guy that got arrested, though. I was going to say the house arrest guy. You guys dude. saw that. So, oh, that's another thing. That was the first day when we were lined up. Nick goes, that dude's on house arrest. Take a picture with me and him next to me. And you see the fucking bracelet. I'm like, I hope this guy lives within like four that, miles of this. Of that's this where the porter went. Went back home with him. Possibly. <laughs> so we were planning on going to Jose Tejas on the way home. Awesome Tex-Mex restaurants been in New Jersey. New Jersey staple. And you know, it's in a couple of places. Yeah. 
And my father didn't want to go. He was like, ah, I kind of want to get home. We're tired. We're all like, no, nah, we're going to keep this party going. We're going to get some margaritas and some fajitas. And my father was like, ah, man, I really want to get home. I was like, all right, if you hit the impossible putt, we'll go home. My father just misses the first one. The second one goes way offline. Dude, the third one, he curled that son of a bitch in. It, it Essentially, it's you start. It's a U. You start on this yeah, side. It's you. And it's a huge and hill down. that goes up. Yeah. About what four or five feet? Yeah, and then back down a ninety to a regulation size cup, and he friggin' drained this thing, and he's like, "Well, I guess I'm done. I guess did we're not really? going to Tejas to do drain." He hit it, and every the pop was crazy. Everybody was like, "Oh, <laughs> it was wild!" It was. And my father's like, "I don't win." Not I wish you videoed it. <laughs> my phone Dude, overheated right then. Like it was so hot over the weekend. Like my every time I took a video, my phone would overheat. Yeah, oh, so, it was uh, hot. It was a hot weekend. Yeah. So they had a uh, sim- golf simulator set up indoors in the AC. Uh, another putting uh, green that the, the the floor is movable and they move it to where it's like you have to hit it way left so it'll curl back right because it's such a steep embankment yeah, that they put it on. Um, and then right there they were giving away you know water, water bottles. bottles like legit water bottles with a straw built into it and everything like that that said live golf and they had water you know. Uh, what do they call uh, dispensers? But like the ones that like also filter the water and all that stuff, the UV light, the high end ones, they had a whole bunch of, so you could refill your water all day for free. And they gave you the water bottle. Uh, We walked in there. We got got free teas. You got ball markers. markers. They were, they were giving out real ball, like like poker chips. And then they were giving out ball markers that look, that were recycled plastic. Yeah. Wow. That's Um, you get all that Saudi money. You just get 3d printing with, with, uh, they were 3d printing with TJ. uh, TJ, I have a question for you. you. As the, the official live golf shell that you now are, um, how do you feel about shill? Don't say shell shill. Shill. I said shell. No, you didn't accent the I whatever. I said shell. Um, as the official, uh, live golf shell, um, what do you say about the fact they were pretty much giving away tickets and (laughs) tickets were a dollar on StubHub? That's why the place is probably so. The only thing I can assume is that people were getting the free tickets if they were, you know, emergency services, first responders, stuff like that, and were just trying to get whatever money they could. Because, like I said, Uh, they were giving out free tickets left and right. But what they were also doing is they had a lot of different tier levels of, um, I believe it started at. $250 or $275, where you were in a certain tent and you got food and drinks all day. And then you went up to $1,000 and you were behind, I think, the first tee uh, with food and drinks all day. And then they had Club 54, which was, I believe, between 16 and 18, where you had a whole observation deck. You had the right to go down behind the ropes with the golfers while they were practicing on the driving range beforehand and just unlimited food and drinks throughout the entire place. If you went to a food truck, if you went to a different bar, it didn't matter. Anywhere you went, it was free food, free you know, booze, all that stuff. I think those were going off at, I want to say, like fourteen or $1,500 a ticket. Okay. And it was called Club 54. That place was packed. That place was yeah, packed. Was. So was bullshit, packed. they didn't make money. Bullshit that that place wasn't filled. Okay, because that, that place was packed. Well, now like, the question is, not about that, but all right. So that, that makes sense. So that's how they're making money. Obviously, people are just trying to sell the tickets. Because obviously we got a bunch of free tickets too. So who, who knows how many other people might have gotten in as well. And then they were giving away 100 free tickets a day. But my question is also now, um, 
like the event. How is it watching the event? Because it's a shotgun start. There's it was awesome. Involved. It was like, awesome. I went, like I went to a PGA Tour event before, and it's like, all right, you're gonna line up and go watch hole one for a little bit. Then you're gonna run over to hole like six or seven. Right. And, and again, you, you just stay in the same hall and just watch so everyone come through. Exactly. We did. We, could, we did a little bit of both. Do that, but we did both. We. I think we spent okay. day two. We spent half the day sitting at hole five, six, seven, eight. Okay. Right. Five, five six, seven, eight. We, we, yeah, five and eight is the tee box. It was a split tee box. Five went down to the right, and eight went straight. So it kind of made a right angle. Oh, so and then, yeah. For, so essentially, it was like that. And, and then so you know, that, so eight went this way, five went this way. So you got to watch two sets of you know groups tee off at the exact same time from the seats that we had. Which and again, if this was a PGA Tour event, we probably would have had to spend two thousand dollars to get those tickets to be up yeah. against that. We were literally looking down on Brooks Kepka as he walked up to tee off. Yeah, we, we had, had chairs, chairs, and people were respecting the fact that we were sitting in that chair. We could put five on it, go out, get a beer, come back to our chair, and still be sitting there. How much were the and, beer? Eight bucks, seven bucks, eight, eight bucks. bucks. No, it's not bad at all. Not bad at all. The margarita was eight bucks. Uh, so the mixed cocktail, oh. depending on where you are, the margarita bucks. was incredible. <laughs> yep, Patron because it was a, a margarita on on the rocks, right? But I like mine blended. But they don't have blenders. But what do oh, they have? I saw this. They have a bicycle that has a blender. Yeah, you, you put your drink in your in your little blender. You start pedaling, and it blends up your margarita for you. That was bad. So TJ posted that. It's pretty cool. It was awesome. Uh, uh, let me pull it up real quick. But uh, the other cool thing was on that hole with five and eight, on the backside, you got the greens for six and seven. Oh, that's cool. So you can watch them putt out. Yeah, there so you go. In that video, TJ's blending up his own margarita. It's actually really cool. Dude, it was, so it was got awesome. Basically, the tee off for two holes and then the greens for two other holes all in the same little circle. How does the uh, Saudi tequila taste different than Mexican tequila? <laughs> that was Patron, <laughs> baby. So I never finished uh, the point of the Trump protesters, so we didn't see anybody my the bad, first day. Bad. The second day on Sunday, when we pulled up, they decided to inflate this big uh, rat inflatable, and they had a Trump face on the rat. And as I'm making the turn, I tell my brother, like, hey, Steven, give him the old uh, ass cheeks out the window. And he started pulling his ass out and rolled down the window. And as he went to put his ass out the window, there was a Jersey State trooper. I'm like, no, don't moon the trooper. And he pulled it back in. But next to that blow-up inflatable route were the three people that went and set it up and blew it up. There was zero protesters. And yeah. we pulled up. Like I didn't even see that. I didn't go to that. There. I didn't go to that, that parking lot. And they played. There was like so many people in Portland that were protesting. That's because Portland's in freaking a, a shithole city. That's true. Like, didn't they just make heroin legal in Portland where everybody's just all heroin out of their mind? Sure. Uh, They made it um, decriminalized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everybody's just doing heroin in Portland. Sounds like an awesome place for them. Well, it sounds like a fun time. I wish I I didn't have so many family events this weekend that I could have made it. Dude, so we, (laughs) and that's the one thing. It was the, if you didn't know the golf course, so they give you a, a map when you get there, they tell you exactly who's teeing off. So that's the one good thing about the shotgun start. You know who's teeing off. So we kind of game planned it. So the first day yeah. we went right yeah. to T5 and saw two different groups teeing off at five and eight. We could see the green on um, six and then the par three green on seven was right there. So we were literally watching four holes at once and, and different groups coming through. Then we found a way to get back into the backside of it. So if we don't start at hole one, you know, 
you wouldn't know how to get around the backside of the golf course if you've never been to Trump Bedminster. And yeah. if you don't have the $300,000, you know, initiation fee and the 20 something thousand dollar a year dues, uh, you don't know the course of Trump Bedminster. Oh, you guys don't have that kind of money? No, apparently not. <laughs> so we figured out how to get over to the tee box on uh, hole four, which is a par three. And apparently nobody else knew how to get there unless they were following a group to, to that hole from one. And essentially until Phil Mickelson's group came through and everybody figured out like where we were, we were up against like literally the T, but we were looking at the live golf T, you know, like marker, like looking at it, like if you take that, you think they'd miss it? <laughs> like we could have just, I should have taken it, man. Damn it. That would have been sick. Out of respect. We did not, but yeah. it, it was dude, absolutely sick. I mean, the other thing I, that we noticed was that if you cross over the fairway with a group of people, there's nothing they can do to stop you. Wow. <laughs> so, like, if you ever lost and you're like, oh, fuck, I want to get to that that t- that fairway over there. I want to get over to, like, the hole number four or hole number five, and there's, like, hole number seven in your way, and there's a dead end at that end, and there's a dead end at the other end, and they're, they want you to go, like, all the way around. If you get, like, ten people together and you're like, fuck it, we're crossing here, there's nothing they can do to stop you. Yeah, we kind of uh, started a line across the fairway. Like, all right, we can't get across this way. <laughs> they want us to walk all the way back to one to get around the other side. It's nope. like, no, nobody's nope. coming. Let's just walk. Look, and I Nick looked at the map. at a dude on the other side to get his attention. So the guy's like, what? And we just walked as a group of 10. Yeah. And the guy, when we get there, the guy's like, I couldn't hear what you were saying. We we're like, dude, we were using you as a distraction as if we needed to get to you. He's like, oh, awesome. Good job, boys. Yeah, he was. I was like, I was gonna tell everybody you told us it was cool, because he was like, <laughs> "That's really funny." Uh, did you guys see uh, forty-five? Was forty-five there? We Dude, did forty-seven. I, hold on, before we get into that, without <laughs> politics of, of any site, whether you like him as a person or not, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on what side of the spectrum you're a part we know, of, we know where TJ is. <laughs> meeting, being, being within any president. Is kind of like wow, like even if you voted for the guy or not, like being yeah, cool. There's only there's only 46 presidents in the history of our country, and only like five of them are alive. Yeah, be like near any of them, it's kind of like wow, like that guy's a piece of history. Like, absolutely, yeah, true. I agree. You know, that. I just in my head, I'm like, like tomorrow if they were like, hey, you want to meet President Biden? I'd be like, not really, but like I'm not gonna go out of my way. But sure, why not? Like, I mean, yeah. you know me, I don't like politicians, so I I'm not going to get that jazzed about it. But if you think about the impact that these people have on, like, history, our country, and, like, like that's probably the most famous person I'll ever be within 100 feet of. Yeah. So, no, I, I, I not article not today, famous than the president of the United States. I read an article today that was kind of shitting on Live Golf and shitting on Trump saying, you know, the Trump show fizzled. Nobody was there to see Trump, blah, 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 blah. Trump had probably the biggest crowd. He was sitting in the – um at the clubhouse at Benminster, um, a back veranda deck that had an inside and outside and right off of 16. And he would come out and just kind of wave to the crowd and people were going we're watching the golf tee off. Dude, you could hear it on the, on the broadcast. If you watch it on YouTube, you can hear it on the broadcast. You got a fuck Joe Biden chant, <laughs> a let's go Brandon chant, a four more years chant, a Trump chant, Dude, it was nonstop chaos. And then, and this is the only time I think I've ever seen at any any type of professional event, okay? After one of the groups teed off, Trump sent two of the bartenders out with two cases of Bud Light and sent them out to the crowd and just started handing out Bud Lights. 
So do you think the people who are buying those like thousands of dollar tickets with the Proud Boys? <laughs> Definitely not. Definitely not. Dude, there was there was literally zero incidents, zero issues issues. Everybody was cool you know, having a good you know time. Who bought those thousands of dollars worth of, of tickets? Uh, fucking rich people that already had fucking acts. They were already members of the damn course. Yeah. Probably. There was there was a lot of big money there. Because we were standing next to a guy with his like two spoiled kids and he was bitching about how I can't believe they let these commoners onto my fucking course. Yeah. <laughs> he was essentially That's bitching true. that there was too many members of Trump Bedminster and we were talking to one of the volunteers. He's like, too many. He goes, how many people can afford $300,000 initiation fee? Dude, the, the volunteer, like, how what, great were the members? I just want to shout out shit. to everybody that was volunteering at Trump Bedminster this weekend. They were so pleasant. They really were. It was hot as hell. There's some people that are drunk, you know, like there's a crowd. It's always difficult if you have to deal with these people and you're sober. And they were just pleasant, you know, and, you know, any sporting event, you get a little alcohol in anybody. They're going to become obnoxious. Yeah. And and all of those volunteers really held it together with class and dignity and grace. And I think Rook's frozen. Oh, no, he just stood still for a really long time. Holy shit. On that point, Um, on that point, so yeah. the, we were two holes away, about, uh, essentially because of the shotgun start from the whole tournament being finished, and Trump was outside of 16, and we were walking past, and the crowd is probably like 15 people deep, I would say. And It wasn't as fault, crowded Saturday. No, it wasn't as crowded Saturday. Everybody came out a lot more in force Sunday. Well, well no, I think, more, I think it, it was, was more congested Sunday because everybody knew that you had the feature group, and everybody was following that feature group. And then everybody was gathered at 16 towards the end of the day because that's where they were doing the ceremony. I think that's um, what it was. The winner. Yeah. So it was about 15 people deep easily around the entire tee box. And my father literally was just walking up to people like, hey, I just want to get a couple pitches. Can I sneak by? And people were like, yeah, absolutely. Good. Good. Yeah. No problem. Literally, walk, people were just letting him in, walk, let him walk right up to the rope. And he hung out there for 10 minutes, a couple pitches with whoever was teeing off and Trump in the background, BSing and stuff like that. And then – they're like, all right, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, you too, man. Have a good day. Like, no shoulder pushing, no mushing people out of the way, no jostling to try to get space. Like, none of that. It was one of the most tame, huge crowds I've ever been a part of. Yeah. I There was only one one uh, volunteer I didn't like. She, she, she was like, you're not funny. And I was just like, all right. Like, Sounds like the bartender in Nashville. <laughs> Again? Sounds like the bartender in Nashville who didn't like you. I don't recall a bartender in Nashville that didn't like me. Yeah, the one you were like – before I got there, the day before, you like said something to her, and she was like, this guy thinks he's funny or whatever. I don't recall. You don't know who told me the story. You were like – I, I don't I recall the story as well. I don't remember. Yeah. But uh, yeah. anyhow, but everybody else is really, really nice. Um, so <laughs> – you know, they have volunteers that hold up the shush signs, you know, like I think one of them is he's a teacher or something because his kids came by and they're like, Mr. Whatever. Hey, how's it going? And they were like, hey, he was like, hey, how's it going? He's, the one kid was like, thank you very much for the free tickets because he said each volunteer got two free tickets and he gave two tickets to one of his students. Oh, oh like yeah. and, how awesome um, is that? He was like, oh, thank and, you so uh, much, Mr. Whatever. Thank you for the tickets. Yeah, you got it. Glad you came out. So, so. <laughs> A lady's holding up her hands and telling her to be quiet before he tees off. So she's standing there like this. Like, put her hands up, like, be quiet, right? So, so I look at her and I put my hands up and I start going like this. <laughs> and she must have made eye contact with me because she saw me. And she started doing it too. 
You got spirit spirit jazz fingers on the fifth tee. <laughs> spirit fingers all over the place. So oh, man, um, yeah. just to wrap up, I guess just yeah. live golf because we've been running a little. Well, long, let's talk about the funny so, parts before we the before we close. Part, right. Hey, so we're uh, we're walking down. Uh, we we started. We followed Phil for most of the day Saturday. After we you know we spent what three hours you know bouncing around between tees, and then by the time Phil got to us, we started following Phil. Uh, he pushed one right into the rough. Literally, me and Nick walked right up to his ball, and we're like, we're standing here. And, like, I, I got a video of the shot. We were no more than, what, four or five feet away from Phil, punching it out. Uh, walked up to the green with that. A father had his son who was wheelchair-bound in uh, right up against the ropes. And literally, Phil sank his putt, beeline for this kid, put his hands on his shoulders. We're like, thank you so much for coming out. Thank you so much for the support, blah, blah, blah. Shook the father's hand and stood there and talked to him for, like, four or five minutes. Like, literally, just the hell with the golf that's going on right now. I'm going to beeline for this kid because he's making my day being a fan, and, I'm, and I want to make his day, and I want to be part of his day. And just, like, like that right there was like, dude, that, that was awesome. That's like when you watch, you know, these pro players come off the field and give a glove or, or you know, batting gloves or a bat or, you know, their cleats or something like that. I, I mean, he was giving their cleats. So Jesus. Very like. personal. Very personable, but you're talking about Phil Mickelson, who's going to go down as you know one of the best golfers of our generation, um, the greatest left one of all time, absolutely. And he was probably the most interactive pro that was there. He was talking to everybody. One dude screamed out like, "Yo, Phil, I got so and so tonight for a bet. What do you think?" He's like, "That's a great fucking bet." Like, I mean, he was somebody just, was like, "Make sure you go to this place over there and summit." And he was like, and he stopped and he goes, "How far is that from here?" And they were like, uh, and he's like, no, 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 like minutes. If I left here right now, how far, how long would it take me to get there? Like, they're like, oh, like 25 minutes. And he's just like, and where is that again? And they're like, like right off, off the Gothel or something like that. And he's just like, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. Um, like he was like, I heard of that place. Where is that? So, uh, Sunday he was teeing off of, what was it? Hold on. Before we get, before we get to Sunday, Saturday, we're sitting, the first group that we see is Bryson DeChambeau because we want to watch him tee off. Um, but the funniest thing that happened Saturday was Pat Perez. Yeah. Pat Perez is sponsored by Jordan. He's where's Jordan cleats as he, as he plays his golf, right? He steps into the tee box. He's about to tee off. It's some jabroni. Scream! Some drunkard screams out, "Yeah, Pat, get it, kid!" <laughs> and Pat Perez looks down at the tee and he goes, "Kid, I'm like 46," but he's not talking at it. He's just thinking out loud. <laughs> and I just remember thinking that was the most funny thing. I was like, "Kid, I'm like, I'm like 46." <laughs> First of all, he's like 46, so he's not entirely sure. Second of all, he's absolutely right. He is not a kid. He's 46 <laughs> years old. And he's third of all. He didn't he didn't say it looking for anybody's acceptance. He wasn't trying to make a joke, but he was just like exasperated at the freaking audacity of somebody to call him <laughs> kid. And he's 46 years old. Yeah, man. Uh dude, and from our seats like on Sunday, we had everybody that was walking off the uh the green of 7, the par 3, had to pretty much walk past the corner that we, you know, kind of annexed to ourselves. We we held that shit down. And we uh everybody's just walking past, so it's literally like Abraham answer like Abraham, go get him, bud. And he's like, look up, like thank you. You're like everybody, Carlos Ortiz, everybody was just like 
look up and acknowledge you. Like just the fact that you're a fan and you're able to be within five feet of somebody and just like give them like, oh, good luck, dude. Like, yeah, put it right down the middle. Pipe it, baby. Like, thank you. Thank you. Like everybody was cool as shit. So we now Wait, we're so, so Sunday, the second funniest thing that happened Sunday, because the funniest thing that happened was at the end of the day. The second funniest thing that happened Sunday was the one team was called the Cleeks Golf Club. And I've been trying to figure out what the fuck a clique is the whole weekend. So I see one of the caddies walk up and his shirt says cliques. I go, what's a clique? And he looks at me and he goes, the fuck do I know? <laughs> he goes, he goes, I don't fuck. He goes, how the fuck do I know? <laughs> that was your guy made before. I was like, uh, when someone beats the cliques, you got to say, we clap those cliques. <laughs> but, but he, he, he said it was like, uh, he was either Scottish or Welsh or something like that. But the accent that he said, he's like, what the f-? he's like, how the fuck do I know? And I was just like, that's great. That's the most like d- down right thing you could have said right then. And I'm glad yeah. you don't know either because I had no fucking clue. So getting to the funniest thing that happened on Sunday and again, involving Phil Mickelson. And I got to say, again, class act, because I think every time I was anywhere near a green that he was coming off and there was a little kid standing in front of me, he'd walk up to the little kid and hand him a ball. He'd be like, oh, thanks for coming out. Like, he gave me and my brother a pound as he was walking past. Like, awesome stuff. So, we're, we watch him tee off a seven. He puts it on the green, uh, par three, seventh hole. And Nick's phone's overheating as he's trying to record the tee shot. Every fucking time I go to record Phil Mickelson, right when he goes into his, like, backswing, it cuts off. Because so, it's like, oh, it's too hot out. Because so I was recording kind of like says out loud, like kind of towards Phil, but kind of like just announces it out of frustration as Phil is like four feet from us. He's like, dude, every time I try to record you, man, my phone fucking overheats. And Phil looks up and goes, you're going to say that shit to me wearing a Tiger Woods hat? Because Nick's rocking a Nike's TW hat. <laughs> and we, and dude, everybody starts hysterical laughing. He stops, turns around and goes, watch out for this frigging guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he said it with a smile on his face a smile on his face dude he was having uh, a good time funny. and i don't know how you don't have a good time when you're getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars to play eight times a year oh, we got a comment from the gallery here iphones don't overheat that's not true they totally do. They, yeah, they, they spy on you and uh you know give everything As, to the chinese communist government I was in Matt, Vegas. My phone overheated. I couldn't even use it. It definitely happens to iPhones. As as Matt actually sent that, I uh, Apple sent an update to his phone to ensure that his battery wouldn't last the rest of the show. <laughs> I hope Matt gets well, into a sent iPad situation. About, talking about Live Golf, that was sponsored by uh, Piper Golf. So go to Piper.golf, promo code SCORE10 for 10% off your entire purchase. We did take a break for a commercial, so we should take a quick break. Right here, we'll turn with one. Quick statement about the PJ. Then we'll move into. Ty- uh, I'm sorry. I must have Tiger Woods. <laughs> move into oh, he's Deshaun coming on the Watson. Show? Different. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. And then we'll move into uh, MLB trade deadline. So, uh, so we'll take a p- quick pause here for a commercial break. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And we are back from that commercial break. We're going to add that in post. Um, <laughs> anyone who's watching. Um, so you have time to go get another refill, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, you don't have enough time. You could run and get one because this is a PGA talk, and I know that offends you now as a live golf it does, Listen, it does not offend me. And, <laughs> and God bless Greg Norman because Greg Norman dropped some truth this week in an interview saying it's so funny that everybody seems to be offended by Saudi money. Because Live Golf is backed by majority uh, shareholders are yeah, Saudi, Saudi money. That the Saudis also have a like a two hundred and seventy million dollar investment in the PGA Tour. Do they, do they really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's funny. He dude, he dropped the truth bomb. Uh, I think it was yesterday. That like, yeah. What do you think? Like they they just like no, they're into golf. They're into making money. They have a huge investment in the PGA Tour as well. You know who yeah. else does? Nike. So every time you rock some kicks that some three-year-old made with slave labor in China and you feel good about yourself shitting on friggin' live golf because why? The PGA Tour told you to? Come on. <laughs> so I just want to say this. Quick criticizers. Quick, quick PGA point, and then we'll move on, is that my boy, my guy, been waiting for this moment, back-to-back tournament wins for Tony Finau. He wins the 3M Open, and he dominated the Rocket Mortgage this weekend. Yes, he did. I'm excited. We're not we're not doing picks this week because I, I I'm not, we're we're running short on time anyway. Yep. But, uh oh my God, Tony Finau, incredible. Dude, and I loved his statement. I loved his statement saying pretty much like I'm glad his kid, my kids could see me, you know, in you know, pretty much lose because it takes losing to you know get to the winning part. Like the the grind of losing is yeah. what it, it makes you a winner. Essentially. Well, he won the- the Puerto Rico Open, he got the Puerto Rican Puerto Rican Open curse, basically where he was not he was like, almost like I think a year and a, almost, year, a, almost year. a year, yeah, at almost least a year before, between wins. Yep. And you got to think about before the win, he also had that an injury at the Masters, which was brutal. Yep. He was somebody he ankle popped out, and he literally popped it back in while running. And was what finished top five, win. or was in the essentially in the top five going through Sunday? Yeah, yeah, and I mean. Unbelievable, but I mean, for him to win this, it's so cool. I started following his wife on TikTok, and she actually surprised him for the 3M Open win, and then she posted them coming home from the Rocket Mortgage win, obviously back to back wins. And Tony Finau was dancing all over the place. They had they had a huge crowd. His his plane landed, and there was a huge crowd there just celebrating the fact that he came home with back-to-back wins and he was dancing with the rocket mortgage. It was, it was incredible. I'm a huge Tony Finau fan. So I'm so happy. Good for him. Back-to-back wins. Uh, Keep it rolling, Tony. Keep it rolling. As as a golf fan, you know, just not a fan of, I'm a big fan of any type of person that plays in professional sports that has the mentality that it's a privilege to be here. And it takes a lot of hard work and dedication. I didn't just, you know, fall into this. You know, I, I love, I absolutely love those type of athletes. But also, if you're a fan of golf, you know a little something from the Golf Channel called, uh, you know, Big Break. Essentially, yeah. where they take amateurs and they give them a chance to get on the PGA Tour 
or or try to get there, get through Q school after they win the big break. They get some money for it. Tony Finau and his brother were both in uh, big break. I, I forget which uh, season was. Might have been the Myrtle Beach season. I forget. I don't remember. I don't remember what what season he was in, but. They also did a documentary, not documentary, but they did a quick like background story before the Masters this year on ESPN. Yeah, they have that show with the caddy. What's his? I forget the caddy's name. Michael, what it is? But he basically does like um, he goes around the U.S. He interviews people. So he did one of Tony Finau and the story of just Tony growing up. I mean, his Dude, father coming from mattresses. nothing. Yeah, they put coming from nothing, paying his way through pretty much you know the Corn Ferry Tour and Q School yeah. and making no money and practically living out of a car and getting to a point where he was like, I don't have enough money to make the next tournament. Like I can't do this anymore. I don't have the money to do it. His dad put up a mattress in their, in their garage and his brother would be hitting on one side and he would hit on the other. And they would just do it all. That's that, that was their driving range because they couldn't afford to go to a driving range. And the other thing was too cool. was pretty cool about him is that, you know, he's he knows how to throw like the, uh, the fire. Mm -hmm. He was still like fire throwers. Like guys with the, the batons, the fire. He's do that to make money to pay for his tournaments, him and his brother, yeah. which is incredible. So Tony Finau, just his back, like known his story. Yeah. Um, and just seeing him win and moving up there through the PJ ranks is just incredible. So uh, shout out to Tony Finau. Awesome story. Keep on winning, Tony. I want to see you in a, a Masters, though. Next year, Masters, Tony Finau. Nice major. Yeah, I need a major. Need a major for Tony Finau. That, that'll put me over the edge <laughs> as a Tony oh, Finau yeah. fan. But moving on from uh, from golf, we should move into the the Rooks Legal Corner over here. Um, I can find the banner for it. Here it is. And we're going to discuss Deshaun Watson, the quarterback of the Cleveland. I almost said Indians. Uh, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> not only is that the wrong sport, that's not it's, even a team anymore. It's not a team anymore, the Cleveland Guardians. The Cleveland Browns. Um, face by the way, that name Browns, I find it to be offensive, and I want them to change their name immediately. What what would you like them to change it to? I don't know. I'm brown, and I don't want them to be called the Browns because they suck. Am I allowed to be offended now that I get a sick tan? (laughs) I'll allow it. Nice, but the Cleveland Caucasians, Cleveland Caucasians is pretty good. (laughs) I like the alliteration. Did you ever, uh, you ever seen uh, Brockmire, the TV show Brockmire? Of course. At like the last season, they renamed the C- uh, Cleveland Indians to Cleveland Caucasians, and all the <laughs> white guys are pissed off. Like the owners are like, "You can't do that!" And like, "Why? Why couldn't we?" <laughs> We're saving baseball. Um, oh, anyway, what a great show. Yeah, that show is amazing. Hank Azaria, watch it. Watch it. Um, so Deshaun Watson, six game suspension. So obviously, we do know about the twenty. I think it's what is it, twenty three or twenty four now. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, I think it's 24 women that have accused him of sexual assault. It was 23. Assault. I could be wrong. I thought it was, it was 23. It was 23. 24th recently came out. 20 of them settled. And um, he got six-game suspensions. Obviously, everyone's just like, this is really light. This isn't, you know, this shouldn't be happening. It should be more. What he did is egregious. And listen, we don't really know what actually happened. Uh, it's When it comes to sexual assault cases, which people probably don't really realize that a lot of times it's really hard to con- to convict on them, especially when it's he-, like he said, she said, and there's no physical evidence or any other type of, like you need physical evidence, circumstantial evidence, obviously isn't the best. Um, and in this type of situation, it's just that it's going to be, he said, she said, same thing with Kobe Bryant back in when he had that issue in Colorado, it was a, he said, she said, and this is what happens. Unfortunately with sexual assault cases is one person says it's consensual. Another person says it wasn't consensual. 
So it depends on what is the actual evidence you see, whether or not someone was, is there an implied consent? Is there any kind of consent? So there is obviously people are like, it's egregious. There should be more games than six games. And I think people always complain about this is the CBA is the CBA controls here when it comes to suspensions. Obviously, Calvin Ridley, as everyone's talking about him, he betted $100 on, you know, an Atlanta Falcons game. Who cares? 100 bucks While he was injured, he wasn't even playing. Couldn't affect the outcome of a game. And he got a one-year suspension. People complain about smoking weed. And that guy gets, you know, six-game, seven- to eight-game suspension. People complain about Tom Brady getting a four-game suspension because he had the flake gate. The problem is that the CBA controls these type of suspensions. And if you break a rule that's already in the CBA and the CBA has it drawn out that your suspension is going to be six games, your suspension is going to be a year. That's why Calvin really is facing a year to Sean Jackson facing is only facing, I'm sorry, Sean Watson. The Sean Watson is only facing six games at this point. He's not convicted of a crime. So it's also in the CBA. If you're convicted of a crime, you're, you're, you're suspended for a certain amount of time, depending on what kind of crime you're, you're convicted of. In this type of case, Deshaun Watson has not been convicted of a crime. He has, yes, he has three civil or four civil cases outstanding as well right now that is not considered a crime. The, the Houston, I guess, was, I guess it was in Houston, right? The Houston prosecutor did not find enough evidence, or the grand jury in Houston did not find enough evidence to bring a case against to indict Deshaun Watson on a criminal charges. So for people who don't understand, the grand jury is one step to for a criminal case. So basically, you bring your case to the grand jury. You say, here's the evidence. Now, the preponderance of evidence, which just means whether or not the evidence is believable or not, um, is much lower for a grand jury. So for examples, a criminal case would be a, you know, it's up here kind of. If you're watching the video, you're up here. But you're beyond a reasonable doubt for a criminal case. You have to be one of the highest standards to be convicted of a crime. For a civil case, it's, it's just, it's merely just a little bit over 50%. If it's more likely than not that this occurred, then it's going to be uh, it's going to be you know not a verdict in the in the in the way of you know. The but you're held liable. Yeah, you're held liable, right? Then you have grand jury. Grand jury is just whether or not it was likely that a crime had committed committed. So if you look at my line here on my on the video, you have here criminal, here civil. Grand jury is here. Grand jury is very low. So that means one of the famous sayings back in the day. They still say it, though. A grand jury can indict a ham sandwich. And the reason why they say that is because it's so low, the standard, to get that indictment that even a ham sandwich could be indicted. Because it's, it's, you just need to show some sort of evidence that shows that there has been a crime committed, that may possibly have been a crime committed. That's all you have to do. So when you go to a grand jury and you put all the evidence forward to them and they come back and say no, it's pretty likely that there's no crime committed. Or, I mean, or it's the state of Texas and football is religion. Well, it depends because you don't know who's in the college football. College and high school. And high school. I'm sorry. Football in general in Texas (laughs) is fucking But you also don't know who's on the grand jury as well. The grand jury isn't selected. It's not like the same thing with the voir dire. You know how I always joke that Derek Jeter could murder the mayor of New York City in Times Square and get a pass? Any football player, the quarterback of the Houston Texans, could sexually assault twenty-four women in Texas and get a, and get a pass. But it's not, it's not the same though, because the grand jury. If you go to a if you go to a jury in a criminal case, you're allowed to pick and select who's going to be. No, you know, I, I understand it. Grand jury randomly I, selected I, I, by twenty. But like 24. you said before, 
But it's also 24 people now. Grand jury is also 24 people as opposed to 12. One for every person he sexually assaulted? I'm sorry? One for every woman he sexually assaulted? Allegedly? (laughs) Say allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. And You don't settle when it's alleged, all right? I would. you do. I'll tell you this right now. I'll tell you this right now. I would be in court forever before I gave anybody that I didn't do anything wrong to money. I would not have money like that. They would be destitute. They'd be in the street panhandling, offering hand jobs to people. If before before we get off track, before we get off track, real quick, if the money you're talking about would be essentially like somebody walking up to you on the street (laughs) and saying, "I'm gonna fucking get you fired because you did X, Y, and Z," unless you give me a dollar fifty, and you're gonna be like, "Okay, here's a dollar fifty. Get the fuck away from me." No, no, I'm not doing it. You're not getting shit from me. I'll have their family murdered. You're confusing this though. You confuse. A settlement on a civil case as guilt. It is guilt. If you're agreeing to give somebody something, it means you did something wrong. It cost him more for lawyer fees than it probably. I would have paid paid more for lawyers to ruin their lives than ever give them a waste of money. Well, you're wrong. You're wrong, Nick. Legally, he's not guilty of anything because there is no guilt in civil case anyway. It's just whether or not you're liable or not. Morally, he must be a little guilty. But in a civil, all right, listen, here's the thing. All right, here's an example for it, right? It's a sexual case. It's two people talking about whether or not he texted them and said, hey, here, come here, or, you know, give me a massage. And she agrees to it, right? She says to come come there or whatever. There could be, we don't know what those text messages all say. We don't have all the evidence in front of us, right? Some of them are released, some of them aren't. If you read through them, right? And maybe let's say, for example, he says something that he doesn't want people, people to see. When you settle a case like this, you have you also have them sign an NDA, NDA, which is a non-disclosure statement to keep anything that may happen between you and them. Like for him, he might be like, you know what? I didn't sexually assault these girls, but there's a lot of sexual stuff that I said in those text messages that I don't want people to see. Because right. even if even if I didn't commit a crime or it's didn't gonna rise put, to that level, it's gonna I may want to keep question put me in a bed light. It's going to put me in a bed light anyway. So listen, some guys have said things horrible. Listen, you're you're here, Barney Stinson. Half the shit he does to try to get laid is pretty fucking bad. It's, it's right? very simple. It is very simple. It is very simple. If I had both of your browsing histories right now and said, hey, Christmas morning, I'm showing this shit to your parents, or you give me 10 bucks, you were both giving me $10, and you're going to fucking drive it over here real quick. So, so Actually, I go incognito, so you never get that. Uh, the, that's uh, false. You can still pull that up. The, 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 the arbiter said based on what she read from everything that she did and that's her job was like yeah more than likely he, he saw he sexually assaulted all these women but here we are we can't do anything about it again well because cba does say that it has to be a criminal offense he's not right but the thing is here's the point is my what i'm trying to say is all this bring it in because i'm ready for a rent no i know you are gonna rent is that if there was a crime committed right a grand jury would have already found it the grand jury is here you don't need to be up here. You really just see like, like 30, 35, 40% whether or not a crime had been possibly committed. It's all you need. And the evidence the prosecutor showed to that grand jury for 24 women, well, 23 at the time, didn't come back with an indictment. So that's what I'm trying to say. Like, even though you settle a case, you're not guilty. There's so, no I got, so, thing so here's my question for you, right? Here at all. There's no, there's no crime committed. So here's my question for you. As a as a as a lawyer, is it good to win or lose cases? It's well, depends. Depends on what you mean by win or lose. I mean, I don't think any lawyer is walking into the courtroom going, "Man, I really hope I don't win this today." 
Well, obviously, you want to win a case. Yeah, right. but when but, you're but representing, you don't think you're going to win a case. Are you going to present the best case? When to you're representing and try to defend it, when you are representing every no, single okay. woman miraculously that is bringing these accusations, and they're settling, you are in to make a lot of fucking money. As the not lawyer, as a prosecutor, you're not. As the lawyer, you are not. As the a pro- prosecutor, not prosecutor, the prosecutor, the, right? The prosecutor put it. So if the prosecutor goes to prosecute Deshaun Watson, and he knows he's not going to get a, a verdict of guilty, and he's going to lose that case. Why would he ever present a good case to even go to trial in the first place? He's going to lose. So Nick, it doesn't matter. As, as, the, as the prosecutor, you do not want to be the guy get guy and or girl being brought up and saying. How could you dismiss all these cases of sexual assault? You he didn't. Don't he presented a weak women. case, and the grand jury dismissed it. I agree, but you it's still can't be the guy that. to say it's I'm not going to bring this forward. You can't bring it. You can't be the person to say I'm not going to bring it forward again. Again, you 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 aren't. You brought it forward in such a fucking weak ass. Listen, I'll give you an example. So evidence was weak because there was soldier, no evidence. Look, when I get a soldier and I don't want to put them in for an award, and I'm forced to put them in for an award, I write the shittiest award ever that nobody will approve. Wait, wait, Nick, though. First of all, just, you know, grand jury, you're not, like, just because you're not indicted doesn't mean you're innocent, and doesn't mean there's no double jeopardy there. Right. So if you've seen it before, John Gotti went before grand jury billions of times, and every time they never went through it, right? So you can keep bringing the same charges to the grand jury again. So if more evidence comes out that shows Deshaun Watson actually committed a crime, you can bring that back to a grand jury. So there is no dismissal. Before you said the grand jury dismissed it. The grand jury didn't dismiss the grand jury just said, we're not going to indict at this time. Right. So was- more evidence comes forward, and the prosecutor show new evidence to bring that once again against Deshaun Watson. At that point, then they can bring a case against Deshaun Watson. Right. But, but the point, point that Nick, the six-game six suspension – wait, sorry, I'm going to finish. The six-game suspension is based upon this, obviously, the arbiter who looked through the evidence and said, well, he's also the CBA. She's also going to be the CBA. There's no crime committed. There's no precedent at this point that says, well, how many games do you have to be have to be suspended for for a case like this? And now the NFL is appealing her decision, which they're obviously allowed to do, and they're looking for a one-year suspension. So I'm going to let TJ go, but I do want to talk one more time, once again, once again about the, uh, the so, settlement before, because you said, if, why would you settle if you were, in fact, uh, right. if you're, in fact, innocent? So but just go ahead. Essentially what he's telling you, though, as far as the grand jury goes, let's put it in baseball terms. A scout comes down to see if you can even be a prospect to get pulled up to a minor league team. And you show up and the fucking scout says, all you got to do is lay down one bunt in batting practice. And you can't lay down a bunt. That's essentially what happened. They didn't have enough evidence to lay down a fucking bunt. Do I want to play for that team? No. Then I'm going to miss that fucking bunt. You're you're missing the point. The point is they couldn't bring enough evidence to even show at the lowest level that it happened. It may have happened. Couldn't or didn't. Couldn't or didn't. Again, if I know I can't win the case, why would I even want to go to bat? Okay, Nick, I'm going to explain to you right now. A lot of times, and this is not, and you're saying like lawyers want to go and win. Of course we do. We want to represent our clients. We want to win their cases or we want to defend against their cases. The thing is, sometimes when you have 24 different cases, look at your client. You say, listen to me. We have to get a cost benefit analysis at this point. I want to save you money. If I have to defend against 24 different civil cases, it's probably going to cost you over, let's say, how much money in legal fees. And you say to them, if you give, if you cut these girls, we don't know how much they got because NDA was signed. And we say to them, well, if you cut them a check, each of those 20 girls, 24 girls, you're going to save this much money. 
you know? So why don't you just settle these cases, right? We're not saying you did anything wrong. They're going to sign an NDA. We're going to make sure we do it legit. And you're going to save this much amount of money, whatever it may be, because I'm not defended against 24 cases. Because who's to say 24 different cases might go to trial? There's going to be depositions. There's going to be discovery demands. There's going to be all these things are going to go through. It's going to be hours upon hours. And then who knows each up trial, it's, it's, it's going to rack up and the fees are going to be so much money. that. And, he's a, and, and while all this is going on, you're also not going to be able to play football. So why don't you just settle this case, these 20 girls or 24 girls, offer them all settlement, get rid of all of it. And all of this gets behind you. It's all done. There's no criminal charges at this point. As an attorney, that's a pretty good win for your client because you're saving the money and you're getting there. They're, you're clearing their head of everything. Well, he's guilty in the in the court of public opinion. And and by that the way, mean dick. You, could say that. you could say that. I 100% agree with you. The okay. NFL is looking for an indefinite suspension. The NFL well, is looking to save face. Start at a minimum of one year. Dude, the NFL is looking to fucking save face. Let's let's of call course. it what it is. And, okay? and the other said the same thing. In the in the woke culture that is this fucking country and all the nonsense okay and i'm not sitting here saying that you shouldn't believe women and nothing should be taken seriously but the believe women push went off the rails okay we saw what happened to those fucking duke college kids okay they essentially got their lives ruined by a lie by a lie and you know what happens to the fucking person that lies and just ruined 20 lives nothing 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 happens to her or him, or anybody else in that situation. Essentially, it's, I can make up and fabricate bullshit. And if in the court of public opinion, it's believable, then you're guilty, and it doesn't matter what the fuck happens. And you had 20-something lives get ruined, okay? Division one smart kids who were going on to bigger and better things, their lives were ruined for, what, four or five years as this went on, until it was discovered that, no, she's full of fucking shit. Yeah. And then it was, oh, well, too too bad. TJ, the other thing, too, is the the Me Too movement. Sometimes they went a little too far. I get some of those girls were sexually assaulted, and I understand that. And I'm not saying that. And the people that sexually assaulted those girls, uh, dude, you should be taken off a fucking, uh, to a building and thrown the fuck off. And I'm not sitting here trying to defend (laughs) sexual assault. But the problem is, in today's world of woke culture, it's believe the underdog, believe the person that comes with any story, as crazy as it might be. Okay, and just fucking stone the person because it's just very, I guess, anti-celebrity male at this point. So, yeah, so Anthony. At one time, the uh, Aziz Ansari, <laughs> there was like some random blogger did a story about how he sexually assaulted a woman, and it was ended up being it was just like a really bad date, and it was like there was no proof of evidence that he actually went too far. And Aziz Ansari is really funny. Listen, sexual assault is no joke. I'm not trying to say that, but Aziz Ansari is a good guy, and like at this point. That was unfounded, and he's still doing what he's Dude, doing. Just look at Anthony. Quick question for you: If Deshaun Watson is not the starting quarterback for an NFL team, do you think the grand jury comes back and says, "Yeah, we're going to go to trial"? I'll be honest with you, and it's not. I'm not trying to defend sexual assault at all. Right. But if Deshaun Watson's not a quarterback of the NFL team, he's probably not getting 24 sexual assault cases in civil. It's not going to civil. It's going straight to criminal. And that's different. And I'm not no, saying I'm not talking about civil. I'm talking about in criminal court. Does he get tried if if 24 different women came up and were like, "Yeah, he did the same thing to me"? No, because the there's evidence. not going to be any evidence, so they won't even put it up. The prosecutor no wouldn't evidence. even put it up. 
It depends on the evidence. It, it really depends on the evidence. And that's really what it comes down to. I'm not saying, could I say definitively yes or no if somebody who wasn't an NFL quarterback wouldn't have gotten indicted? Yeah, maybe he might have because, no, who gives a shit? It's just, it's just a random guy off the street. But depending on the evidence, if the evidence is the same as Deshaun Watson, then why should there be a different, different reason there? Let's be let's be honest. There is, especially in places that value that kind of crap, right? Like, like Texas, <laughs> like Texas, bro. Hold on, hold on. Let's go back in time. Let, let's let's the behavior of what he did. Let, um, let's. I, I I don't agree with the six games. I think he should get more. I think he should have gotten a year. Why? What, what, what evidence? Legal standpoint of why? He why should he get more games? This is why. He hasn't been proven to do anything. It's the same fucking dude we saw it at center stage this entire year with the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp shit. Okay? And everybody believed Amber Heard. And what happened in the trial? Everybody in that courtroom, men, women, it doesn't matter, was at the end of all of that was like, this woman is out of her fucking mind batshit crazy. We believed everything that Johnny Depp said. Why? Because, yeah. you, oh, uh, is it true that you came home drunk that night? Yeah, I was fucking hammered. Oh, were you, did you did you have drugs in the house? Yeah, I had drugs in the house. He, everybody was like, we believe him. He's not trying to hide anything. He was the most believable person there. He was laughing at certain parts of the thing because it was fucking ridiculous. And everybody came away from that going, this woman's a fucking nightmare. Holy shit. This woman's <laughs> crazy. Okay? And what happened in Hollywood? Johnny Depp sat there and said, I wouldn't do another Pirates of Caribbean movie for $300 million. Go fuck yourself, Disney. Because well, you wanted thing. to immediately okay. put me out. The reason why you're saying why do we, why would I say more games is because as Nick stated before, the arbiter did say there was sexual assault committed, but she also did say it wasn't violent sexual assault. The which problem is, there was is no but, but you're talking about but you're talking mean. about an arbiter's opinion, correct? Well, an arbiter is the ultimate judgment. Which is, okay, which is why so, they're appealing it. So I'm not sitting here telling you I think this is right or this is wrong. Okay, again, yeah. There, we've all heard stories. One of my favorite comedians, Jim Norton, talks about it all the time. He talked about it in his book. He's a big fan of getting happy ending massages. And he says, the only way to know is to fucking ask. Sometimes they're down for it. Sometimes they're not. It is asking for it sexual assault? Because if you ask a, a very prude person, whether it's a man or a woman, if you say like, hey, there's anything you do about this and you point to your junk, they can consider that sexual assault, no? I mean... Uh, yeah, I guess depends. let's call it, it what it is. is. Yeah, it depends on who you are and what you can do to them. I agree, but the problem yeah. is, and my biggest problem is when all the fucking girls have the same lawyer and it looks like a cash grab. Okay, if something looks like shit and smells like shit, it probably is shit. And okay. it looks like sexually assaulted twenty four women and it smells like that. Wait, just okay, just they all went off. to the same lawyer. What'd you say, Nick? Uh, Rook. Oh, sorry, just to go off another. We have a question for Matt. Matt was saying, "What's the difference between Trevor, Trevor Bauer?" And Watson, one sport, sure obviously. Trevor Bauer, there was some violence involved with him, wasn't it? So Trevor Bauer did have violence, and there was pictures of the violence. So right, there was evidence. So what he he had more evidence. There was more evidence against him. The fact that he wasn't charged criminally was actually kind of weird. It's criminal. I would think it raised the level. You know what they really love in California? <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> so I about that. Continuing on, <laughs> and and. Yeah, and I've said this multiple times. Rook, if I sexually assaulted you, right? You don't know me from the hole in the wall. I sexually assault you, okay? Are you going to forget my name or my face? No. Okay. Did some of the women that were sexually assaulted also go back and give him a massage again? 
I think they, I think some of them did do like it was several times. Thank you. So if you were sexually assaulted, which is a fucking pretty shitty crime, which anybody to go through. And again, I'm sitting here defending on what we know. I don't know if it happened or I don't, uh, or if it happened or didn't happen. I cannot say if it happened or not. And if it did happen, fuck the Sean Watson. And I feel absolutely horrible for the girls. But from a common sense standpoint, if I am sexually assaulted by anybody, I am remembering your fucking face and your name for the rest of my life. And you cannot tell me on more than one occasion, people went back and gave him another massage because we forgot who he was. Bull fucking shit. Bullshit. That is so, well, especially when these, are through, these are through text messages. They're like, hold on. Will you, you concede, will you concede right? TJ, that there's a possibility that out of the 24, 25 women that accused him, I don't know. One of them is telling the truth. I'm not saying they're not impossible as well. I'm not saying they're telling the truth or not telling the truth. I'm not trying to display what happened because I don't know what happened. I'm not trying to be biased at all. At all. Okay. It could have happened. It could not have happened. Either way, it's a shitty situation. It just seems like a cash grab from the outside looking in. Okay. That's what it looks like to me. And again, to any women that's watching this, if you think I'm being sexist or anti-woman, I'm not. I think the most fucking pro-woman thing you could do at this point because of what's going on in today's world and, and the shit that happens is when somebody like Amber Heard fabricates a shit ton of stuff to try to get money out of a divorce and then is found to be full of fucking shit, that person should, in the court of public opinion, be essentially stoned to death. They should be persona non grata because that's the person that's fucking it up for everybody else. I okay? agree with you Every woman that walks into an office and says, oh, he grabbed my ass, and essentially it's a dude reaching for a fucking pencil, and his fucking hip hits her ass, and she wants everybody sued and everybody fired in a million-dollar lawsuit, is the reason why the dude that walks into an office and corners a girl and says, oh, no, we're doing this. It doesn't fucking matter what you think, blah, 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 doesn't cast as much weight or as hard it's not hit hitting as hard as it should okay every one person that's legit yeah like amber heard or people who just fabricate those stories that it's hurting women who actually are sexually assaulted they they are the worst thing for women they are worse than a misogynist for women because they are fucking screwing over every single person that is telling the truth and cannot get the truth out of the person that they are accusing that's the worst thing you can do is all these situations where people are lying to try to make money Okay, and that's why from the outside looking in, it just looks like a cash grab to me. They didn't prove anything, and because the court of public opinion and the wokeness that the NH, uh, the NFL rather, is trying to portray, they're gonna fucking pretty much screw Deshaun Watson over. They're gonna screw him over because it has nothing to do with what evidence may or may not have been procured or presented. It has to do with what everybody else thinks. So what everybody else thinks is going to sway how many games this guy gets because they have to save face because they're a multi-billion dollar organization and they don't give a shit about the individual. And that's the problem. If you don't have evidence and you couldn't even get it past a grand jury to prosecute this guy, how can you sit there and say, we're suspending you and keeping you from making a living? And I'm not saying golf feel bad for Deshaun Watson. Yes, he's very well off. He's taken care of. Is the six games going to kill him? No, but in the end, if he didn't do any of those things, if he's just a dude that said, hey, you know what? I like happy ending massages. Can you do it? And maybe some girls got offended by that. 
And I, I'm sure just as many fucking said, yeah, absolutely. I'll make a little extra money on the side because people can do whatever the fuck they want. I'm a big proponent of my body, my choice. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm across the board, across the fucking board. My body, my choice. You want to go prostitute yourself out and that's your choice in doing it? <laughs> Feel free. Who the fuck am I to tell you? you no, this go off the rails. <laughs> Dude, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm a libertarian. You want to be a drug addict and shoot up nonstop? Go for it. It's not affecting me. I don't give a shit. Right, I don't TJ. care. You, you do what you want with your body, okay? But the point <laughs> I'm trying to make, the point I'm trying to make is if you're going to say just on precedence of text messages, hey, can you do this? Can you do that for me? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, none of us would want our text messages to our significant other leaked out there, okay? None of us would uh, want our I browsing would. histories she, leaked out there. She wouldn't want her text messages to me leaked out there yeah. <laughs> i would totally be okay with my text messages to right, her. i'm just saying nick, it's, what it's, is your, it's too, you're, nick you're on the other side of tj so i just want to give you a quick rebuttal and then we'll move on to trade deadline and then we'll, we'll end this show so what uh, do you, again i so from what i read um from the arbiter the arbiter said that he broke the uh cba rules of personal conduct yeah. now i didn't read all the things that went into it but the arbiter the armor, a, f- a former judge, she read everything that was seen and unseen and basically came out with, yeah, based on the volume. Um, I, well, there were two things that I thought were very interesting. One, based on the volume of the complaints, it's, it's almost impossible that some sort of impropriety didn't happen. Um, that was the first thing she said. The second thing was, based on how the NFL has structured their CBA and their previous handlings of situations similar to this situation unfortunately the maximum penalty she can levy is six games which is what ben roethlisberger got for sexually assaulting two women and again because the nfl huh violently right 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 because the nfl didn't suspend him for life like they should have when they did now the calvin ridley situation uh I, i think that everybody can blame joe jackson and the other seven guys for Calvin Ridley's situation. Now, me personally, I don't feel badly for Calvin Ridley or Josh Gordon because it's very written plainly in their CBA what the penalties are. Um, I just was Joe Jackson, not Joe Jackson, Michael Jackson's father. I didn't think I had to clarify. People, people, people don't know. You never know. Um, <laughs> but Tito. <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, so I, I see a lot of comparisons where they're like, Calvin Ridley got a year. This guy got a year for smoking weed. First of all, all the potheads got a year for getting caught smoking weed more than once. You're so stupid, you can't even read your own contract where it says you can't smoke weed. And if you get caught more than once, guess what? It's a year suspension. Like, you got to be a next level retard to sit there and be like, I'm going to give you $50 million if you just don't smoke weed for the next 10 years. And you're like, nah, man, this Buddha's the shit, man. I got to smoke. Like, you're an idiot. You're a full-fledged moron. I get paid tens of thousands of dollars, and I don't do drugs because I'll lose my tens of thousands of dollars. And that is that level of privilege right there. Ricky you're that privileged that you think that you're above the rules. Say it, Ricky Williams. I'm fucking leaving Ricky the NFL. Williams. Ricky Williams and Josh Gordon are both fucking morons, all right? Dude, but let's put it this way. I don't, I don't on the Ricky for- Williams, hold on. On the Ricky Williams statement, they got rid of freaking one of the funniest person people they have. And uh, I, uh, what was the NFL pre-show on Fox? NFL Today or something like that. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot. Whatever of, it was, uh, whatever it was, they got rid of uh, um, Frank Calardino. No, Caliendo. No, Caliendo. No, they got rid of um, Jim. Uh, what the? You hell mean the Greek? Name? No. 
because he was on engine. Jim, it's not Jim Brewer. Uh, Jim, son of a Gaffigan. Bitch. No. Ah, uh, <laughs> fuck. This is pissing me off. Jim Carrey. No. <laughs> Whatever. They got rid of a comedian because he did a Ricky Williams sk- skit of him showing up at Dan Marino's house in a Ricky Williams helmet, you know, with the visor and stuff like that, with a bong saying, I got to get back in the league, Dan. You got to throw Jimmy me Kimmel? some passes. What? Jimmy Kimmel? No. Um, shit. Adam Carolla? Jim, Jim Florentine. Sorry, Jim Florentine. Jim Florentine. Okay, hilarious comedian. Hilarious. And he did a skit on uh, the NFL today or whatever that pre-show was of him holding a bong and Dan Marino throwing him passes in Dan Marino's front yard. And then Dan Marino's like, Ricky, you got to drop the bong. He's like, hold on. He's hit, he's ripping bong hits. They got rid of him because they thought that was too insensitive. Like, the NFL is very placating when it comes to, like, non-offensive, woke nonsense. Nah, they, they didn't get rid of him because it was offensive. They got rid of him because they wanted people to forget that Ricky Williams is a pothead. That's probably true, too. My Listen, my issue is if the NFL came out and said the evidence is clear that he at least solicited prostitution and that goes against the CBA or whatever else, and that's why he's getting the suspension bare minimum, I, I would support that 100% because, yes, soliciting prostitution is fucking illegal in most states unless you're outside of Nevada, outside of Vegas, whatever. Okay? That is understandable. But the, the it's too much hearsay. It's What's too the much name hearsay. of the place in, outside of Vegas? Cat House Ranch or some shit like that? Wow. Yes. I was about to be like, whoa, how would you know that? <laughs> it's something like that. But but again, uh, that, the, other, the other interesting <laughs> thing I thought was uh, she said basically, like, and, I, and, I, and I fully support this one. She said, you can't make up the rules as you go along. Like, you're not trying to punish him because it's the just thing to do. You're trying to punish him because there's public outrage. Just like you only gave Ray Rice two games until everybody saw the video and was disgusted. And then you were like, no, 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 no. Now it's, it's, yeah. it's two games before everybody sees the video. Cause you saw the video. It's two games. It's two games after everybody sees the video. You can't sit there and wait for everybody to get upset and then change what the ruling is going to be. And you can't change changes to the CBA after it's already been agreed upon. So I, I thought that was those were the interesting parts of the of the case. I, I, think, he should be for, I think he should be suspended indefinitely, just as an example to everybody else in the league that right, wrong, or indifferent, don't get yourself caught in these situations. It's easy to get caught in those situations. It's not. Stay the fuck home. It's not. It's not. Dude, Stay home. I would, I would agree with you only because I agree with you because, yeah, if you throw the hammer at him and just slam him down and just put indefinitely or even say a year or two years – Everyone's gonna be like, "Fuck! I do not want to deal with that shit." I don't even want. It's the same thing with gambling. It's the same thing with gambling. They didn't need to really. They gambled on baseball forever before those eight guys did it in the World Series. Okay, but ever since they did that, everybody else, for the most part, except for fucking Pete Rose, everybody else for the most part has been like, "You know what? It's not even fucking worth it. I'm not gonna do it." That's so horseshit, though, because if you're a single guy and you go out to a bar and you pick up a chick and she decides after a night of fun that she fucking regrets it, she could turn around and say you raped her. I don't disagree. NFL player, don't fucking do it. That's horseshit, though. That's fucking horseshit. Hey, you're making millions of dollars. Stay the fuck in your house. And it's not worth the millions to you, T. You're out of your mind. Wait, TJ, think about it this way. He He didn't go to a bar and pick these girls up. He texted these girls through whatever means it was. Whether it be an app, Craigslist, whatever it is, yeah, and he had them to- under, under the guise of them coming to give him massages. Granted, yes, would I would I get a massage from someone on Craigslist? No, 
right? You go to a massage <laughs> therapist, someone who doesn't know how to do massages. Essentially, but he, but he from, from Jump Street, from fucking that. Jump Street, it's sketchy. No? Yes, it is. If you're a masseuse but on Craigslist, do you think, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if the prosecutor or Deshaun Watson's fucking lawyer asked those women in the situation of Deshaun Watson versus everybody else, how many times have you been propositioned in the same way? I guarantee you there's a thousand other stories that they don't fucking look for, for pros- prosecution because they're not millionaires, so you got nothing to gain from it. Well, the thing is also, too, people probably aren't going to answer that kind of DM or message, whatever it may be. It's if not sketchy enough. from the jump. It. But what we're trying to say is it, 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 it stops that kind of behavior to have that. I'm not saying it's the right behavior. Again, I'm not to be like, hey, listen, I'm going to ask these girls to come up for a massage, and I'm also going to ask them for a happy end. I'm not, not, not going to do anything about it. I, That's again, the behavior the NFL is trying to, to curb. And I understand. I understand that. That's he's fine. also saying, I reserve the right to ask for happy endings. <laughs> I understand everything you're saying, but and I'm not you, saying what he I'm did saying, was I'm right. Saying, but- your point is that anyone, if you go to any guy or any athlete goes to a bar, hits on a girl, and they go home, and everyone says, oh, he raped her afterwards. That's different than the situation here because, obviously, when it comes to going out to a bar and you're, you're talking, you guys are flirting, it's very different than you saying, I want you to come over and have a massage and then be like, well, now I want a happy ending. And that, that raises the level of sexual assault. So that's, that's why people are looking at it where like, it's that guise of being like, I just want a massage come over and then raising that level to it being more than that. Unless I mean, there are text where, where are you at that point? I, that, I, I where are you, you when that happens, when that transaction happens, where are, where are you? Let me ask Is, you something. I'm saying, like, if you're in your own home, like, say if you're in her home, you're big girl, in his house, in a common sense in his world. house, and like, she doesn't and have any option at that point. There's also like, of that. course, you have an option. You walk out the fucking front door, and you get murdered. None, of them, were, none of them were, were any of them violent. No, no, none of them were, were violent. Was was there ever a was there ever even a, a, a charge or a a an accusation of kidnapping or somebody not being allowed to leave? No. But Thank I'm you. Saying, Thank you. Cut the fucking shit, dude. Cut the shit. At the, at the end of the day, you're the not going to put in text messages, in text messages, okay? You're not going to send a text message, an email, X, Y, and Z of you doing something illegal, are you? Because if you do, you're fucking stupid. You're stupid. No shit. But you're not going to put that in a text message. So if he, you don't know what somebody would consider sexual assault, it could be as simple as, dude, I was at a fucking, when I was bartending, okay, and, and dating my now beautiful wife, some girl reached across the bar and was like, as I handed her a drink, Wait. some girl reached across the bar and said, come here, I'm going to kiss you. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm dating somebody. Like, get off me. If I was very sensitive to that situation, could I be like, I, I feel, I feel, you know, like, uh, you know, very uneasy about what just happened. Um, it, dude, you're talking about people that may read a situation or not. I'm not saying what he did was right. I'm not saying what he did was legal. None of that is the case. But to sit there and say in the court of public opinion, he's guilty. So now he's a sexual offender, essentially. Is that the way it should be? No, 100% no. But TJ, the flip of your your argument is that, one, you're saying that there's no, no one's stupid enough to put into text message that if you leave this house or you want to come over or you want to do the hand job, whatever happy. Did any of them accuse him of keeping them there against their will? So none I, of them I, did. I honestly don't know. Cause we don't, we don't, there's no evidence in that point because they didn't get that depositions. No one said that, but there's also no evidence, evidence of him actually saying, if you leave this house, there's some sort of threat against her. 
So it goes it goes both ways. Is there again? Again, there's we don't have those statements yet, TJ. But there's the way the point those cases got to. There was no discovery. There was no depositions. There's still a testimony that could have been taken that wasn't taken at that point because they did settle the cases. I understand that. But again, there would be at least an accusation. Would there not be an accusation? Would you do? Do you honestly think that would be the court of public opinion? In the court of public opinion. They're already throwing him under the bus, correct? Because they're accusing him of sexual assault. You're you're telling me that the lawyer wouldn't sit there and say at least 16 of these women were kept against their will in Deshaun's house. They wouldn't at least throw that out there as what they're going after him for. You're out of your fucking mind if you don't think they would put that out there when they already got the court of public opinion to fucking condemn him as a sexual assaultist. Listen, obviously, court of public opinion, yes, but I'm saying that. So they would put it out there, No. I, I, I don't know what the strategy would have they been. They could, for, in for, legal terms, in legal terms, as this is an ongoing case, could the lawyer come out and say the allegation is that Mr. Watson kept these girls against their will in his house? If that's one of the allegations in the complaint. Then okay, yes, and yet none of that but came out. Because they did it because the discovery was not submitted to the public. I'm just the saying. Allegations the allegations were. allegations were. Allegations were, but it goes both ways. You can't say just because there's no text messages saying that he did it to anything violent doesn't say that. But they can still allege. They can still allege in public what he did. But you don't have to allege that sexual assault was violent. You could still allege a sexual assault and then get to the point in discovery that it raised the level of violence. But the level of violence would be kidnapping. Kidnapping is a huge charge as well. Kidnapping is not a civil. It's a criminal. It's criminal, but I'm talking about the civil complaints. And I'm just saying, and, and, and kidnapping is provable, especially in today's day and age, with your cell phone. You could say, I was there for an hour massage, and I got stuck there for four fucking hours. Look at my cell phone and ping there. for Here, subpoena my records. I'm giving you the right to look at my records. It's pretty fucking easy in today's world to prove that you were someplace you shouldn't have been for longer than you were supposed to be there, no? But TJ, you just said, you just answered your own question if you subpoenaed it. If you get that far into if you self subpoenaed it, if I'm number thirteen and I say, "Look at my phone records," I was stuck there. They actually did that. Who say anyone got that far into discovery to actually subpoena those type of records? Again, you're proving my point because who's to say? What's to say? It's all fucking hearsay, and nothing was proven. You're saying that that the public opinion is this, so we're going to suspend them on that and that alone. That's fucking horseshit. I'm saying if the full discovery. If we were going by public, public opinion, every Jet fan would say seriously. If we're going by public opinion, every Jets fan, Jets fan would say, in all honesty, if you do not take Tom Brady and give him the fucking electric chair, you're monsters. But that's not the same thing. It is the same thing. It's not the same thing. People are fucking stupid, and they will believe whatever they're fed. Yours is much further than what. It's not, mean? dude. You're you're condemning a guy and taking away money from him because public opinion is that he did X, Y, and Z, and you're going to an arbitrator who has the ability to decide by her personal preference and her biases or his biases what happened and what went too far and what didn't go too far. And I'm pretty sure we can all agree that if you line 10 people up in a room and ask them a question of where's the line, you're going to have 10 different answers. Of course you will. But so it, it's just, it's, it's especially the outcry for there needs to be more, more games, all this other shit. Fucking pr- prove something. 
Okay, because the only thing that it's proof of is that all these girls are using the same lawyer. Most of them have settled so far. So all it seems like they want is to fucking get money out of it and walk away. Well, the law already told them that they're fucking assed out. They might as well get something. Yeah. The criminal well, law already said we can't help you. Sorry, lady. Go walk it down the street. All these cases settled after the fact the criminal indictment went away. Again, do you know or do I know what happened? None of us do. So why, how can you condemn somebody because it, with no proof and none of us know what happened? Because obviously there was enough proof to give them six games, so why couldn't there have been more proof to give even more games? But the reason why there weren't, wasn't enough games because of the CBA and the precedent that was already I can set. sit here and say if there's the enough NFL, proof to show. If was, was was tougher on sexual assault and domestic violence, you wouldn't be in a position where you only get six games. Would right. you like to go down this road? Because I can prove to you that the fucking with with uh, there's enough evidence to show that Michael Jordan didn't retire from the NBA. Allegedly, he got told you're going to have to walk the fuck away for two years because you were gambling on basketball and other things and you broke the CBA. But we cannot throw our fucking star child, our, our, our you know, our Babe Ruth under the bus. So we're going to let you go follow your dream of playing baseball for two years without embarrassing you because it would just be embarrassing us and cost us money. Would you like to go down that road? We're all there. We already believe that. So, but that's the problem. The the, the NFL is going to work it. However they want to fucking work it. Okay. I agree with you, but I don't want, I don't want to keep going on this same topic. I want to move on. Uh, I think we, we hammer that topic enough. Um, But Let's get to the trade deadline. Hold on. Before we get there, ladies, if you're sexually assaulted, to stab the motherfucker in the face. End it right there. And let's take a quick break for. Uh... <laughs> Sponsored by Cutco Knives. <laughs> no, but seriously, oh. obviously, we're joking, but um... we are joking. And I really feel bad for anybody that's a victim, guy or girl. About anything like that, and I'm sorry if you want to paint me as anything else other than I, I'm just I'm a firm believer in evidence and facts, and I just don't like seeing people condemned because too many times, as far as in my lifetime, people have had their lives ruined by bullshit, and it, it's kind of jaded me to the whole thing, especially when people are saying there's not enough evidence X, Y, and Z. If it did happen, if Deshaun did do any of that, my heartfelt apologies go to those girls. And I hope he, I, I, I wish he would get fucking thrown in jail and, and the key thrown away and we just fucking forget about him and he rots. Honestly, I would never be a proponent for anything bad happening to anybody, guy, girl, anything, a fucking dog. You kick a dog, you deserve to go to jail forever. Okay. Thank but you, again, it's a fun debate. We're just trying to have fun with it. And yeah, I think, I think, it was, I think we pretty much hammered that too. I mean, I think both sides of it too, which is really good. We have both sides, whether or we're not. never going to know. That's the end we're of the story. Gonna, we're never gonna that's know. why it's, that's why I said from the beginning when I started this was that it's a, he said, she said case, which is w- one of the toughest reasons why yeah. sexual assault cases are not pushed through as criminal cases more often. So it does happen, unfortunately for those victims. And obviously we wish that there'd be better way to deal with those sexual assault cases to help those victims. And obviously we're very sensitive to that. Uh, it just sucks that unfortunately the world that we live in, a lot of this happens behind closed doors. Yeah. Between I one agree. or two persons. And unless there is uh, pictures, unless there is text messages, or as you said before, you know, with the Trevor Bauer situation was they were, it was evidence. It was pictures. That's atrocious. I will agree 100%. That was, that was that's a total injustice. Yeah. That dude should be in fucking jail. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he his criminal case didn't go through was actually really crazy. But we're going to take a quick break right here, 
And then we're going to come back with the New York uh, Yankees trade deadline moves. All right. And we are back. Talking some New York Yankees trade trade deadline moves. And that was kind of tough transferring from, uh, you know. No, it's not. It's not because we're talking about injustices. Okay. (laughs) And the Yankees trade line, the trade deadline was an injustice. Okay. The Yankee fan apologist saying that we don't have enough money or enough prospects to go after Soto. Shut the fuck up. They're the New York Yankees. They have the uh, enough in the back of their friggin' wallet, when not wa- in the bank account, in the wallet to get whoever they need to I wanna, get. I wanna get to that. It was a joke. I want to get to that because Juan Soto obviously was the big move traded to the San Diego Padres. And if you think about it, the Yankees, were probably one of those teams that obviously were in on Juan Soto. Who wouldn't want to be in on Juan Soto, especially when you're in the Yankees who have plenty of prospects, plenty of money, someone who could eventually pay a 12, 13-year, even 15-year contract to a young kid who's only 23 years old. Um, listen, they definitely have the prospects there. And I think – I just think teams do not want to deal with Cashman at this point. I feel like they think that anytime they get trade with Cashman, they're getting fleeced or they're getting fucked. So I think that's kind of what came into and came to effect because I think the Yankees package they could have had for one sort of was probably much better than what they got from the San Diego Padres, but I want to hear you guys, what you guys think about it. So with regard to Juan Soto and, and, and all that, I'm going to tell you right now, whatever package the Yankees gave, it, it was purposefully a low ball. And I'll tell you why. When's Juan Soto a free agent? Two and a half years. How much money is he going to make in two and a half years? Probably not how much. Say that again. Probably not that much. No, in two and a half years when he's a free agent. Oh, and that, yeah, he's going to make a ton. Is he making $50 million a year? If not more. Okay. Yeah. The Yankees don't want to pay that. They, they, they want to do what the Oakland Athletics do. All right. They want to do what the Tampa Bay Rays do. They want to bring up a minor leaguer. Right. Look, look at Judge. Judge is hitting free agency for the first time now at 30 years old. Yeah. I agree. Who did we have? Six years ago, that was so, or or seven, eight years ago, that was so fucking good that he couldn't come up. <laughs> Brett Gardner, <laughs> but they 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 but they but they just like everybody else in baseball, the Yankees do it a little worse. Um, they're they're gonna use the whole service time manipulation. So, like somebody brought it up today, why isn't Oswald Peraza playing in Major League Baseball right now? I don't know. Yankees you know why? Because if he plays this year, they lose a year of service. Yeah. He'll be a free agent in five and a half years instead of instead of six. That's why. So well, that's still a fight over the CBA, though. Recently. It is. It is. So the, the Yankees don't want Juan Soto because they'll immediately have to sign him to a 10-year, $550 million contract that they would rather draft somebody or sign some kid from the Dominican Republic for $5 million and pay him $500,000 for the next six years. Yeah. Or rather, I take it back. Bury him in the minors for five years until until he's Miguel Andujar and he's twenty eight years old, fucking still trying to make a major league roster that he should have been on six months ago. And fucking sitting there, and now he's twenty six years old, and now they have six years of control from age twenty six to age thirty two, and he's thirty two years old. He just hit free agency. That's what the Yankees want to do. So they never wanted Juan Soto. They wanted him. They want a talent like him, but they don't want him with that price tag because Hal Steinbrenner is a cheap piece of shit i'm not gonna sit here and try and pretend like george steinbrenner was the greatest owner in the history of mankind he did a lot of fucking dirty and underhanded things 
If you're wondering what I'm talking about, see Dave Winfield. Yeah. Um, but there was never a doubt in anybody's mind what his goal was, what his priority was. Priority was winning the World Series. Hal Steinbrenner's priority is making money. He yeah. does not give a shit about winning anything. <clears throat> it's evident by everything we've done to this point. Let me ask you something right, right now. George Steinbrenner is still alive. Still, you know, obviously competent and running the Yankees. Is Judge signed already? Yeah. Yep. And so is Bryce uh, Harper. I was just about <laughs> to say that. Bryce Harper, is he a Yankee? Absolutely. Yeah. Just on the fact that he was a fucking Yankee fan growing up and wants to be here. And, and Garrett Cole would have been traded for from the Pirates and never would have played for the Astros. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Castillo, is he, is he a Yankee? Good chance? Dep- it depends. It depends if he wants to cut it, his hair. No, no, <laughs> it depends on where we are. If we make other moves that should have been made years right. ago, but we might need, even get to that point. The need is there. The need is yeah. there. Is he a Yankee? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Probably. It, it's, it's simple, and I just don't understand how Yankee fans can sit there and play the apologist and say, we don't have the money to do X, Y, and Z. I hate that. Number I one, that. does it fit into the budget? There's no such thing as fucking we. It ain't your money. It ain't your yeah. money. Don't stop saying we. They have plenty of money. Okay? They took it from us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> On beer concessions alone, they could have paid Soto. They could have locked him up for 10 years and judge. No, according to the Yankees, beers cost $6 at Yankee Stadium. Dude, I've never, I have never received a six dollar beer at Yankee Stadium in my life. Thirty years ago, beers were six dollars at Yankee Stadium. I'm thirty five years old, so fifty or something like that, or three fifty. I've been drinking beers at Yankee Stadium for fourteen years. I have never gotten a beer under nine bucks. Never. But the the words "budget" and "Yankees" should not exist. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I want to go back to the the Yankees buy the World Series. Good. Make more money and you can do I it. I want it. I want to buy I want it. Fuck yeah. you. Good. Make more fucking money well, and you, know, you can do it. Again, I'm especially not, when again, you have I, teams. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. Especially when you have teams like Oakland and Tampa Bay that are fucking very happy to spend no money. Yeah. And their fucking fans show up every year for God knows why. Nobody shows up to Tampa Bay race games. They don't have fans. So so like, other, tra- other trade deadlines moves. Joey Gallo is gone. So who would you rather have the Yankee Prime? Joey Gallo or Gay Gawa? I would rather have Kei Gawa. Thank you, uh, math guy, for the question. Because I'll, 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 I'll tell you why Kei Gawa a hundred times over and over. And I'll tell you why Kei Gawa never blocked anybody on a major league roster. It's true. Joey Gallo literally held up Miguel Andohar's career for a year and a half, and he broke Joey Gallo. I think has, I think the stat was three career sack flies, RBIs. Fucking terrible, dude. Three. 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 There, there are people in the league that have more RBIs by getting hit by pitches with the bases loaded. A lot Here's the worst thing about this is that he did that interview uh, over the weekend where he basically, like, he wasn't even traded yet, but he basically was like, my time here is done. I'm getting traded. You know, and, like, Yankees did the right thing. They got rid of him. Listen, he's not, he was not. Kind of baseball win. diamond was done fucking last year. The, they should have walked away from the game and I went and started trade. selling cars or whatever the fuck they do. I didn't leave. want that trade. I never wanted that. I trade. didn't want it. No, never wanted. I want it. And I said Here. it when, when they did it. I was like, I don't. Want, I was like, a high strikeout, home run or nothing. We already have guys like, that. guys like that. My question, my my thing about that interview that he did was he was like, Yankee fans have too much pressure on the players. 
And then we were before you guys get to. Oh, I'm guys sorry. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. He said Rangers fans appreciated the fact that they knew that I was a strikeout guy, home run or nothing, three three true outcome player. He's like Yankee fans couldn't get that. I couldn't understand that. Joey Gallo, you're a bum. You're a baseball player. You're not supposed to be a three true outcome player. That's not a fucking thing. You do not want to be that. You want to be a baseball player. You want to be a fucking winner. You don't want to be a guy who either walks, strikeouts, or hits a home run. That's not what you want to be, but that's what you were. And you can't, you want to point fingers to the Yankee fans saying your time in New York Yankees in your pinstripes was terrible because the Yankee fans booed you. You couldn't leave your apartment. I don't. I don't know anything. I I probably wouldn't even recognize Joe Gallo on the fucking street. I Dude, that's literally a that's literally a I I suck. So you're the problem. Yeah, Feel bad. That's problem. that. That's the Yankee argument. Fans I suck. You're the problem. So where do I'll they say this right now? They send them to L.A. Deal with I the want, L.A. fans who fight people in the fucking parking lot when they. Lose. I want. I want to. You know. Every time I think I see him say something sad. Oh, poor Joey. And I. I think that maybe I want to be slightly empathetic. I just keep going back to that interview he did with Meredith Morakovic in the spring where she asked him what he was doing about striking out a lot. And he flat out said, it's just part of my game. Get used to it. Yeah. I mean, that's not verbatim what he said, but the roundabout just the bottom line up front was striking out as a part of my game. I know people don't like it, but it's part of my game. Let's put it this way. All the Yankee apologists that the Yankees don't have the money to spend X, L, Y, and Z. We can't get this guy. We can't get that guy. The cap, blah, 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 blah. You were paying Joey Gallo about $10 million. No, about, I would say, $100,000, if not more, per RBI. There's a lot of players in the minor league that can get a lot of RBIs for a lot cheaper. Yeah, it's... um I'm glad he's gone. Put it this way. Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter's made a bigger impact than Joey Gallo. If you took all of Joey Gallo's positives, every positive at bat that he had, that he drove in a run or hit a home run, if you took them all and put them into a season, Matt Carpenter still had bigger impact for the Yankees so far. Yes, 100%. I agree with you that. 100%. Uh, Andrew Benintendi has more sack flies than (laughs) Joey Gallo for the Yankees. Well, I will say other moves the Yankees made now. Obviously, Andrew uh, Andrew Benatendi is now a Yankee. You also have Frankie Montez. You have uh, Trevino. The new uh, is it Trevino pronounced the reliever? Trevino. It's Trevino. Trevino. The other Trevino. one is Trevino. Yeah, Trevino is the other is the new relief pitcher. Scott Efros, uh, and then obviously they got rid of Gallo. But one of the head scratching moves that I cannot understand is the Jordan Montgomery, who's yep. a reliable starter consistent starter, which is what you wanted in MLB, whether or not the wins and loss records never matter. We all know that. Monty never got run support. Um, and they traded him for Harrison Bader, who, yes, is he a great defensive center fielder? Of course he is. But he's injured. He can't play till September. And you're in the middle of a, if, uh, if. Of a race. for the, You're trying to win and you want to be first seed in the American League right now through this new um, you know, playoff system. So you need pitching. They got rid of a lot of reliable pitchers. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but I, I think so, it's a head scratcher. I don't get it. It's a head scratcher right now. Yeah. But given how we felt the last two years about Hicks, if he can come on, especially in September, and be healthy in September and come on strong, and we can now say goodbye to Hicks, I'm fine with it. Next year. Next year. I don't, I don't, yes. doesn't make, it, doesn't make, it doesn't make a difference, T. T, look. Here it is, right? 
Do you want Carpenter playing? Yeah. Okay. Do you want Benintendi playing? Yeah. Yes. You want Judge playing? Yes. You want Stanton playing? DH. So who the fuck? Where where is is Bader playing? I understand. I understand. I'm not saying. And and Montgomery was solid. And at this point in the Yankees, there really is no ace of this staff. It's a grinded out win type of deal. Garrett Cole is not the guy that we paid for, unfortunately. And I'm not saying he's bad. It's just that spider tax shit bit him in the ass. He's not that. He's not that guy that we thought was going to be lights out, 20-game winner. You're getting a win every time that guy's on the bump, or at least pretty damn close to a win every time. It's The Yankees don't have an ace. So somebody like Montgomery giving him up out of this lineup, yes, it's a big hit. It is. But if we can get rid of Aaron Hicks in the offseason, I'm fine with it. I don't fucking understand. Somebody told me, they're like, oh, no, that they got Bader in case they have to get rid of Judge because they can't re-sign Judge. They better. I'm telling you right now, if they don't fucking resign Judge, not I, I'm not watching the Yankees anymore. If they if they let Judge walk, it's it's oh ugh egregious. I dude, I I, I can't support a team that does that. I cannot support George, a team that allows that. George would never. But I will say this about the the, the so pitching staff in the Yankees this year. That's been pretty pretty like a lot of camaraderie between them. They go. I'm like, not saying it's not, and I'm not saying they haven't been solid, but we don't no, no, have no, that I, guy. I but yeah, so my, my point is, yeah, Jordan Montgomery is not that guy, but he's part of the guys. Yes. Right? When they warm up in the before every start, they were all like Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Nestor Cortez. All those guys um, hang out in the bullpen. They watch each other's warm-up for the game if they're starting. They have each other's back. So you have Jordan Montgomery, who's part of that, like, brotherhood. And you're basically just saying, we're going to pluck him out move him out because we want to get a better defensive center fielder who's not going to play until September. Maybe. Maybe. To me, but does honestly, how much more I does blame, September count, though? I blame Gary Cole's bad star on that today. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm so, kidding, obviously. But here's my problem, you, you, right? You fuck up the Cabrera. You, you fuck up the locker room at that point. Here's, here's my problem, right? The Yankees just traded for Frankie Montas. Yeah. Is, is he going to pitch well in New York? We don't know. We have no idea. But everybody's sitting there saying he's a sold commodity. Show me his playoff numbers. Has he made that? He, he's got like two games that he pitched in the playoffs, and they were not impressive at all. All right? So we got rid of Jordan Montgomery, who I know can pitch in New York to a certain degree. Three and a half ERA. His ERA is just as good as Tyone's and fucking Cole's, and he makes less money than both of them. Okay? Yep. Herman, who's been up and very down for the last three games that he's pitched. Severino's out until September. Okay, yep. so you got Cole that you don't know what you're getting out of. Nestor Cortez, who's on an inning, uh, innings limit. Yeah. Uh, Montes, who, I again, he could end up being like Sonny Gray. I'm not, I hope he doesn't. I really hope he doesn't. But I've seen plenty of players come from teams that nobody gives a shit about, play for the Yankees, and they can't perform. Uh, one just left town. His name is Joey Callow oh, with a K. With a K. With a fucking K. Okay. Um. So, so we're talking about Cole, who we've all agreed that like he's not the guy that we thought he was. Cortez, who's on a innings limit. Herman, who's up and down. Montes, we don't know where we're getting from him. And and uh, and Tyone, who to me he, he was a right-handed version of Jordan Montgomery, but except he got paid more money. Like I'm not ultimately impressed. He's a he's a reclamation project, like a lot of our pitchers are. 
and not saying he can't perform. I'm saying is that where we are right now in the rotation for anybody to sit here and say, we're guaranteed. I think we have three question marks in our rotation right now. Actually, if you really want to look at it, all five are question marks at this point. We could lose on any given day. There's no day of the week where you're looking at that rotation going, we got a guaranteed one win per week, but, but best case scenario, Montas and, and Cole, Light it up. The last, I, I honestly, I love Nestor Cortez. I love his attitude. I don't think he has enough energy to keep going the way he's been going for the rest of the year. So now yeah, we're talking about losing three games out of every uh, out of every five, right? I think if he they does. lose three out of every five, they end the season at ninety three and sixty nine. They are not the number one seed. No, they're not. That's I, that's dude, the I, I disagree with you on Cortez. How they can keep it up. I, I think we've seen him look more than human the last he few weeks. Did. Here's the problem with Cortez, and this is not I love Nestor Cortez. He's been a great uh, Yankee so far. I think but, he's exceeded expectations. Well, he has. Absolutely. He only pitches five to six innings. You're always relying on your bullpen when he comes in. So it's not a guarantee. What you're, he's not going to go in the I understand, but what is that, one less than innings. norm it's at this play. point? That's no, one less than norm. No, it's he's five or six. He's even, You're lucky if you get six. Dude, but is that is that an indictment on him, or is that an indictment on the fact that fucking Chapman sucks? No, but no, it absolutely that. is an indictment on him because if you can go seven yeah. innings, so if everybody in that rotation, for the most part, everybody on this on this rotation right now can only go five innings. Yeah, Montgomery averaged six. Yeah, everybody else goes five except for Montas, who we don't know what we're going to get from him. He could be a bust. I don't know. He could be the next Sonny Gray. Comes to New York, pitches great in the big ballpark in Oakland where nobody's watching him play, and, and he's the star of that team because they have the lowest expectations in the history of the world. Comes to New York where people actually give a shit if he wins and loses and just implodes and complains about how we were mean to him and he couldn't leave his house. That, 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 it could, that could be the situation. I hope it's not. I really hope it's not. But that could be the situation that we're dealing with. New York is not Oakland. I take it back. The Bronx is not Oakland. The Bronx is not Queens. Yeah. I'm gonna it's give just a, different. Let's do everyone last wrap up on the trade deadline. I guess grades if you want to go for the Yankee. Yankees. What do you want to do, Nick? Uh, the Yankees get a B plus. They need another pitcher. They got Montas. They could have gotten a little bit more. Uh, they got rid of Montgomery, which still perplexes me to this day. You never trade for damaged goods ever. I didn't even know you could do that trade for a player on the IL. That's that's unheard of. Um, the, the, the Padres get the A for me. TJ? I agree with the Padres. I think the Padres get an A-plus at this point. Um, and the Yankees get a B just on the basis that they got rid of Joey Gallo. Thank, <laughs> thank fucking God, because Hal was going to penny pinch run him out because he's getting paid. So yeah. run him out there even though he's useless. We so. still have Donaldson. Don't forget it. Who, right. who not, on top of not being able to play baseball, is a doucher. So, yeah, I'm gonna go B minus only because I, I really don't think they they improve the team and they improve the team enough where they where their strength was or their strength needed. Well, they I mean, improve it needed. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Where the reinforcements and, were required. Yeah, well, the reinforcements required was the pitching staff. So you brought in Montez, and I'm like, this is fucking awesome. You have Montez, Cole, Monty, and then it's like, whip, not so fast. Monty's gonna be gone. Uh, Cardinals. A. I'll give you guys an A. Forget Monty because Monty's a really good – he's going to be a good pitcher. He's solid. He he knows what he's doing. He's able to handle the pressure in New York. He'll be able to handle pressure in St. Louis. And listen, uh, Yankees never gave him run support. So people who say 
you know, who gives a fuck about Monty leaving because he's his win loss records, whatever it was nine and ten. It's nine and ten because there's no he, run support. And he had and he had three bad starts. They, those people only started watching baseball in July. In July. He's yeah, he's been bad as as late. He had a bad start at the Mets, but listen, I mean, you, you just had Garrett Cole give up six runs. You had Tyon give up six runs, and you're not saying we should get rid of. You should be crying over Tyon leaving. They should have got rid of Tyon if anything. I would have got rid of Tyon over Monty, but that's just me. But I mean, listen, I still the mere fact that Monty's left-handed. Yeah, he's a lefty. I I, I think he's have enough team has a team that could make a push for the playoff runs. But I think without that pitching staff, I don't know if they can win a World Series. That's the truth of it. I, I don't see, think let's Monty see if they bring up the difference maker in that, though. I don't think he's a. I don't. I don't. I'm not blaming Monty for the fact they don't have a good pitching staff. I'm blaming the fact that Garrett Cole, he's not a stopper. He's not a guy who's going to go in there and just shove every five days and just completely dominate the game. We know that. We've seen that. You have Nestor, who's a question mark. You have Luis Severino, who's going to come back from injury after a 60 day DL. Um, who knows if he's going to be good? You got rid of JP Sears, J- JP Sears, uh, to get to get Montez and uh, Trevino. So your pitching staff is pretty depleted right now, and I don't, I don't know if they have enough to get to uh, a World Series. But that's just me. Yeah, I, again, uh, Gumby was eating six, seven innings. That at a at a minimum, you got a guy like that. It means your bullpen gets more rest. It means you're not killing guys having them pitch every single day. Yeah, you know, because that's probably what happened to Holmes over the course of the last two weeks. Yep, and what's going to happen is we're going to see playoff game three or four with a fucking opener. And yep. I hate that shit. Yeah, that's what thanks a lot, Tampa Bay Rays. You ruined baseball with all your fucking bullshit. Bullshit. game. And they're going to Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland Athletics ruined baseball. I just want to put that out there right now. That'll be my closing comments for the night. I agree with that. Nick, take us out. Well, thank you for joining TJ on the Scoreboard Addicts podcast. <laughs> TJ, thanks for having me and Rook on the show. We really appreciate it. Appreciate well, it. Thank you guys all for taking next- some time out today. <laughs> Say that again? Thank you guys for taking some time out today, you know, to <laughs> hang out with me. I appreciate it. Well, thank we'll you. We'll catch you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 